We're live. Let music play first, though. All right, we're coming in. We're coming in. Yeah, you know, I kind of came into this transmission a little hot. Normally, we have a cool AMV, an animated music video for you guys, something cool to play. Uh, but uh, I came in hot on this transmission. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I didn't go run seven miles. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I didn't go stunt at the gym. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know, you know. Uh, I'll tell you why I'm coming in hot. My baby girl had her first pediatrician's appointment. And, uh, you know, these doctors don't get paid unless they jab you. And this was that appointment. And so I had to stand up for my baby girl's bodily autonomy and medical freedom today. And it was nice. As always, I was spoiling for a fight, itching for a fight, expecting a confrontation. And um, there wasn't one. <laughs> I guess that's kind of what happens like whenever you're able to 
catch the nuances of conversations and catch when somebody's trying to pull a fast one on you. You pay you you, you pay attention a little bit differently. And so uh, maybe I'll mention that a little bit later on the show. I don't want to get too caught up on it. I did get angry. Um, not like the other pediatrician, the one that tried to punk us into getting my daughter shot with the, the vaccine. This is another one. Another one. So we'll, we'll get to that, though. But salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction. Whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1134, season 11, episode 34. I'm joined by our fantastic exclusive members, Amy, Caesar, Jensen. More will be joining us here shortly, uh, but I should let you guys know, you can't go to patreon.com forward slash noise era. Oh, shucks. Are you surprised there? I'm not. You can't go to patreon.com forward slash noise era or the noise era because of Something on their back-end system that found us out. They terminated us. That's okay. We have backups. You can go to coffee.com forward slash noise era. I will be updating the website, thenoiseera.com forward slash exclusive content, which has these features uh, to where you guys can still get an exclusive membership through coffee.com forward slash noise era. And even if they kick us off, which I highly doubt they will, uh, I have backups on top of that. But coffee.com forward slash noise era is another way for you guys to support this operation. We have, I feel like I've hit information overload. I won't lie. Like I, 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 I was getting the episode together. I had to delete a lot of articles. I've got them here in the show notes. I'm going to just mention them before we do the radar read, just to give you like a smattering of, of it's, it's not that it's not important. But other things that we have to, you know, cover. It is getting crazy out there, and for a good reason. I think we saw a lot of that happen this week uh, with the elections. The Democrats lost huge. I say huge, huge with a Y. Huge, usually. Um, we'll be getting into that. Some of the socio-cultural, social-political reformation. This is a part of the Great Reset as well. The culture war and how it's come home to roost. Uh, this is a good thing. Because, I mean, you can't talk about teaching kids transgenderism at an early age and then not expect to get pushed back on. So that happened. Uh, we'll be covering some of that and more throughout this transmission. But, guys, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say with all this stuff I just, like, rambled on and ranted to you about, you have to understand that the world is no longer a idle or a passive place. In this world that we now live in, it is much more interactive than people would care to imagine. And I mean interactive, I mean engaging, because every decision you make has and creates a different outcome. And if you are asleep at the wheel, don't worry, there's an outcome for that as well. But imagine if you weren't asleep at the wheel. Imagine if you actively engaged yourself, reality, and this, 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 this wider thing we're involved in. That's what I, I, I try to get people to understand week after week, month after month, year after year, day after day, that, 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 that the world is much more complex and infinitely more uh, beautiful, majestic, intense, powerful, mysterious, and more 
more than we could ever comprehend. And that's why you can't be as you, you, you cannot be asleep at this time period. You can't be asleep at the wheel. Now more than ever, the world needs your light. Now more than ever, you need to discover who you are, step into your fullness, and do that work, man, whatever it may be. But I tell you what you can't do. You cannot shy away from your responsibility. You cannot shy away from your calling. You cannot shy away from that which 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 drives you, which is itching at you, which is beckoning you, which is summoning you. You know, just I thank God every day for where we are at. You know, I'll say this and I'll get into uh, the honorable mention articles and then we'll do the radar read. You know, I was talking with somebody at the gym the other day about this. And it's like, here we are in November 2021, like two years after all this COVID nonsense, we realized that the mask didn't work. The vaccine didn't work. So why the heck are we doing this? Oh, our supply lines disrupted. You know, there's there's mental health epidemics all over the world. People are dying left or right of unknown causes. There's been a sudden surge of cardiac arrests. You had a footballer, somebody that played soccer, have a have have a heart attack on field. It's like, why did we do any of this? If you were to sit back, and this is what I was talking to the guy at the gym about, if you were to sit back and look at everything we did over the past two years, you would say, why did we do that? Why have we done this? Why are we still continuing this line of thinking? Clearly, it didn't work. Is anybody going to practice common sense, truth, reason, logic, and say, hey, we should stop this? Uh, well, you see, I'll tell you what, tr- what trumps truth, reason, and logic. Money. Money. Dinero. Fedia. Guaps. Cash. Greed. That's what Trump's lot. Listen, that's what Trump's logic. You're you're over here thinking too much. Look at you being all virtuous. How about we just give you a couple hundred thousand COVID dollars to shut all that morality of yours up? That's all. That's the only thing that's perpetuating this horrible lie that's costing lives. Money. Money. Cold hard cash. They don't care about cold hard facts. It's the money. That's why people are dying. Because they were paid to die. And I know nobody wants to hear this. I don't want to get up over here and say this, but you know it's true. You know it's true. Okay, this is the final thing I'll say, and then I'll do the honorable mentions. And then we'll get into the radar read. I was talking with one of our exclusive members about how I got offered a job for $50,000 to $80,000 a year. And with with what we're doing over here, that's pretty good money, man. I love the podcast and everything else we're doing, but $50,000 to $80,000 a year would really change my lifestyle up, especially for my baby girl. But you know, you know what the catch is. I don't even have to tell it to you. You know what the catch is. How do you get that job, Jay? You just roll up the sleeve. And so that's happening. I'm either being coerced or manipulated into abandoning my values and my bodily autonomy for cold, hard cash. Or I can stand on principle and build something with the sweat of my brow. 
with my with my blood, sweat, and tears. You guys will see me sit up over here and sweat and eat crap for years to months instead of sit up over here and follow my sword. And that's what's happening. We have an article that, that goes into that. People are having to have that same gut check to either roll up their sleeves or put food on their family's table. These are I, I, I make it sound funny, but these are not easy times. Hard calls are having to be made unilaterally. And so what do you guys think? Should I shut down the podcast for $50,000, $80,000 a year? Or should I sit out here and suffer and be humbled and build? Not for myself, but for those that come after me. Because as I said just last week, we're seeing society be ripped apart. The fabrics of society being torn day by day. And we're all having to make hard choices. So let me go ahead and get into the honorable mention of articles. We will do the radar read. And then we'll go from there. Again, if you guys want to support this operation and hear more of the behind the scenes shenanigans that your boy gets involved in, go to the episode article, scroll down to the segment where it has the audio portion of the of the episode. Click get a subscription tier. And do that or go to coffee.com forward slash noise era and get a subscription here. The cool thing over there uh, is you guys can you can pay the amount that you want. So if you want to support us for a dollar a month, you can do that. You want to do five bucks a month. You do that. Twenty bucks a month. You can do that. Thirty bucks a month. You can do that. Whatever you guys decide to donate, there is a subscription tier for I just kind of came up with like a rough estimate you know, like a five, 10, 20, $30 tier. But if you guys decide to donate however much you see fit, I will ascribe to you a tier and then you will get your uh, exclusive content. But yeah, if you guys can support this operation, you can do so by going to coffee.com forward slash noise era or go to the noise era.com forward slash exclusive dash content. Let me go ahead and get into some of these honorable mention articles. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, latest Lancet study questions the limits of vaccines at preventing COVID infections. Yep, they don't protect you. If anything, it makes you that much more susceptible to catching the virus. Common sense. Uh, New York facing streets without cops because of, well, the COVID vaccine mandate. We'll be covering that as well. Talked about it earlier this week on the minicast Monday that I did for our exclusive members. House Sheriff Villanueva of California. Los Angeles said that, hey, I can't guarantee your public safety. This vaccine mandates causing a mass exodus. We'll be getting into that. I can't guarantee your public safety. We don't have the personnel. No more evidence than this. I was going to play for you guys a video of a San Francisco Safeway cutting their hours due to what they call off the charts shoplifting. So you're already seeing it. This is, again, what I mean by the uh, the fabric of society being torn apart. Moving on, researchers call for a halt on COVID-19 vaccines for pregnant women after a reanalysis of the CDC study. So again, common sense. Hey, maybe we should not inject experimental and potentially dangerous chemicals inside of newly developing fetuses. I know that's a wild thought process, but maybe we should reanalyze this. 
but you see these obedient drones that they have in these positions that are so excited for their piece of paper, they don't know how to think without being told. No more evidence than this right here. Uh, Maybe we'll play this a little bit later on in the transmission, but New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, who just the other week talked about turning unvaccinated citizens into second-class citizens, shut down a press conference over unauthorized questions from an independent reporter. So you're not allowed to speak to the president or to the prime minister without having scripted questions now. Does that sound like our presidency over here in America as well? New Zealand prime minister shuts down press conference over unauthorized questions from independent reporter. How dare you speak to the prime minister without it being pre-approved? This is no longer a free and open society. And we may touch on this later on in the transmission as well, but I think it's something that should again be mentioned honorably. Uh, Two teenagers from the same school die suddenly in one week. And the teacher asks, quote, people not to speculate as the causes are not yet known. I was trying to figure out how to fit those articles into the transmission and I just couldn't. Those are the honorable mentions. But the craziest thing about that is, you know, just to just to piggyback off that final article of two teenagers from the same school dying suddenly in one week. You know, I was at the gym the other day and I thought to myself, shucks, there sure isn't a lot of people here. Could be that we're running up on holiday season. People are already getting fat. Uh, Could be the fact that this is going to be one of the most expensive Thanksgivings in U.S. history, so they don't want to spend money on a gym membership. Or it could be the fact that we're already beginning to see the mass die-offs or the effects of the depopulation agenda. Two teenagers from the same school die suddenly in one week. Teacher asks, quote, people not to speculate as the causes are not yet known. Now, there's another article that we had posted on our Telegram feed where it asked the question, why are we beginning to normalize strokes and heart attacks in young children? And so, again, I'm having to pull back from the information that we're seeing and extrapolate this thought process and say, are, are, is, is this the beginning of the mass die-off? Football players having heart attacks on the field, kids dying in school, uh, heart attacks are now common. You're just going to start seeing less people everywhere you go because they're dead now. It's like, is this it? Is, is, are, are we beginning to see the effects of all this crap come to head. I mean, we're not talking about the pericarditis, the myocarditis, the decreased lung functionality, the seizures, the collapsed lungs, you know, Bell's palsy. We're just talking about seeing less people, period. It's like you go to the store. Yeah, you see a lot of people there, but not really. You go to the feed store, you go to the drug store, you go to the gas station. You just see less people. I don't know, man. It's something that uh, it's something that trips me out. Just something that I kind of had a revelation over uh, earlier this week. Am I just supposed to start seeing less people? I don't know. Let's go ahead and start getting into the radar read. Let's start the show. Let's get into it. Right here, 
Virginia elects first Hispanic attorney general and first black lieutenant governor. Both are Republicans. Showing that liberals aren't the only ones that care about race. I'm just kidding. It's not about race. It's about politics. It's about how you conduct yourself. People are tired of the race baiting, tired of the racism, tired of all the all, all the woke nonsense at the end of the day. That's what it's about. Uh, right here, FBI sat on bombshell footage from Kyle Rittenhouse shooting. Of course, they knew what was going on, but they didn't want to give it to him. You see, the Kyle Rittenhouse is an example of what happens if you try to defend yourself in this new world order. They don't want that. Moving on. like Again, this is what I'm saying. There's so much information. I feel like at a certain level, I'm hitting information overload. Uh, right here, Walensky flip-flops says the CDC is not examining changing the definition of, quote, fully vaccinated. So just the other week, they said they were. This week, they say they aren't. Either way, it doesn't matter because of this follow-up article right here. Children may soon have to show proof of vaccination in California, so it doesn't matter, Walensky, Rochelle, the effects of the vaccine or of the fully vaccinated concept is still being rolled out. Children are having to show their papers. I'll save all that for the second segment. Here's another article that alludes to what we'll be talking about in the third segment. Pope Francis and 40 faith leaders call for urgent action to combat climate change, saying that future generations will never forgive us. Well, yeah, I mean, when you have a radical, I mean, when you've got people like AOC up there, Greta Thunberg, thinking that by being bullish and radical, and to a certain level, obnoxious and not practical or logical in how they're, how they're expected to carry this stuff out. And all they're going to do is cause more chaos. I mean, they're saying the world's going to end in 12 years. They're, 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 there's, there's no practical thought process behind this. Yeah, future generations won't forgive us because you guys are radically trying to undo their future right now. They're not listening to the science. They're not seeing how all this stuff is playing out. We're, we're, we're throwing away our future off of a, a, on a whim. So whenever this does come to mind, <laughs> when it reaches ahead, it's not going to look like what these people thought it was on paper. I got to move on. More of the climate change insanity. Uh, enough is enough. Sunrise Movement confronts Joe Manchin. On climate, on climate policy outside his houseboat. So there it is again. Now, on our minicast Monday that I did with our exclusive members, I had talked about how uh, Kristen Sinema was accosted at a friend's wedding by more of these protesters heckling her to back Biden's Build Back Better agenda, the trillion-dollar spending plan. So here they are uh, coming up on people on his houseboat, running on people at, at airplanes, at airports, Weddings, chasing people in the in the in the bathroom stalls. That's how these people are. This is what they've done. This is the radicalization, the respect, the decrease of the the, the the disrespect that's being openly embraced. Think about that. 
you imagine just out there with your and, and, and this isn't the only time we've seen this. Tucker Carlson's been ran up on. Ted Cruz has been ran up on. Al Gore has been ran up on. John Kerry has been ran up on. You know, now that I think about it, uh, uh, Senator Rand Paul has been run up on. Steve Scalise has been shot. So I guess what I'm trying to say is at a certain level, you're you're now seeing uh, – you, you, you're, you're seeing the politics begin to backfire. You're seeing people become a little bit more confrontational in the things they're willing to fight for. Let me move on. So much information. So much information. <laughs> Humble commercial. It's official. Humble commercial truck driver defeats one of the most powerful Democrats in New Jersey. Apparently, this guy spent like $153 on his campaign. And that's all it took. Let me read these two articles real quick, and then we'll jump back into that one. They put their life at risk. Senator Rand Paul decries firing of frontline workers over vaccine mandate. Heck yeah. And right here, Squid Game Challenges. Challenge leaves three kids with uh, horrendous sugar burns. More of that, but let's 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 read about how this uh, this truck driver beat one of the most powerful Democrats in New Jersey. This is a this is a snapshot, and we have a clip from Van Jones where he talks about how obnoxious the Democrats have become due to all this hardcore woke nonsense. But this is a this is a microcosm of what's happening around the entire nation right now. People are sick and tired. Of again, the hardcore wokeism that comes from the left. We want sanity again. Uh, but this is an article by Christina Lawley of the Gateway Pundit. They put this up November 4th. It says a humble Christian truck driver with no political experience has officially defeated New Jersey Senate President Steve Sweeney, one of the most powerful Democrats in New Jersey. Edward Durr is a commercial truck driver and he spent just $153 on his entire campaign. That's all it says. That's all it says. He just spent $153 to beat one of the most powerful Democrats in New Jersey. Because the people are fed up with it, man. Even Bill Maher came out. I tried to find the clip for you guys to put it on our Telegram feed. Bill Maher came out. Huge leftist on HBO. was just like, listen, when I travel, the blue states make this COVID pandemic horrible. The red states are so relaxed. Democrats are making this obnoxious. It's because they become petty tyrants. With the power they have been given. But check this out right here. This article from Zachary Stryber of the Epoch Times. They put their life at risk. Senator Paul decries the firing of frontline workers over vaccine mandates. I agree. Last year they were heroes. This year they're zeros. And there, uh, there are far-reaching implications of this as well. The fact that our defenses has been, have been lowered. Look at this. Firefighters, nurses, and other so-called frontline workers are being fired or facing termination across the country for not complying with the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. That's wrong, Senator Rand Paul says, a Republican from Kentucky. Quote, it's a great disservice to fire people, nurses, doctors, firemen, policemen, who put their lives at risk when there was no vaccine at all. It says that there's a clip, but uh, I, I want to save that. We'll save all that for a little bit later on. Uh, for the second segment. But, I mean, you get it. You get what's going on. Because here, the same way that there are 
disruptions with our defense, the frontline workers. Look at this. Expect more airline delays and disruptions coming into the holiday season. Our exclusive members basically heard how I was supposed to go out to South Carolina this week to do the final services for my grandmother, but they shut down one of our flights. We were one of the 2,000 flights that got shut down out of American Airlines earlier this week. We got shut out. And so, yeah, things aren't getting done on a massive scale. We are seeing the breakdown of society and the firing of frontline workers. That doesn't make any sense. That's why I'm like, look, think of our defenses. Think of our infrastructure. Think of how it's crippling and crumbling. We have an article about that as well. How that's the plan. We also have a solution to, I'm, I'm actually very excited to talk about it. I had briefly went over it with the, 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 the audience, our exclusive members, but it is for sure the key. That's how we beat this, the parallel economy, not fighting for scraps on this crumbling infrastructure, but building something of our own. Uh, let me get into a couple more of these and I'll start the transmission or I'll start the segment for you good people. Um, right here, more than half of unvaccinated Americans say nothing will change their mind. I agree. I'm a part of that half. And I think this is probably a good one to, to end on just for us to come back and start getting into the, the, the Brandon administration. Republican Glenn Youngkin beats Terry McAuliffe to win Virginia governorship in shocker upset, saying that it is one for the ages. Now, this is something we didn't really follow simply because I saw it as, uh, you know, more more of the same, the left right paradigm. I'm really over elections, things like this. But when looking a little bit more into this, again, this is that microcosm of what's happening just in one state, but what it represents for the rest of the nation. This is another article by Samuel Chamberlain of the New York Post. They put this up uh, November 3rd, and it says Republican Glenn Youngkin pulled off an upset for the ages Tuesday night, defeating Democrat Terry McAuliffe in Virginia's gubernatorial election, a result that sent a political shockwave across America ahead of next year's midterm elections. In his victory speech, delivered before a roaring crowd shortly after 1 a.m., Duncan called his win a, quote, defining moment and promised to, quote, change the trajectory of this commonwealth. Quote, one day we're going to work, Youngkin vowed. Quote, we're going to restore excellence in our schools. We're going to embrace our parents, not ignore them. As Youngkin spoke, President Biden was descending the steps of Air Force One after returning to the U.S. from Europe and landing in a very different political reality. With 99% of the expected vote in, Youngkin had 50.7% of the vote compared to 48.6% for McAuliffe, a margin of approximately 67,000 votes out of nearly 3.3 million ballots cast. It says Republicans also had a narrow lead in the races for Virginia's two other statewide offices. Businesswoman and former Virginia House of Delegates member Winsome Sears will be the first black woman to win statewide office if she defeats Democratic House of Delegates member Hala Ayala to become Virginia's next lieutenant governor. Quote, 
I am at a loss for words. For the first time in my life, Sears, a former Marine, told the rap- rapturous crowd shortly before Youngkin spoke. In the Virginia Attorney General's face, Republican John Mayares, a descendant of the Cuban exiles, led Democrat Mark Herring, who was seeking his third consecutive term in that office. Mayares would be the first Hispanic person to hold statewide office in Virginia. And then you guys get it from there, but uh, it is sending shockwaves throughout the political society. Like I said, I have a clip that I'll play for you guys where it talks about this. The panel agrees that voters view Democrats as annoying and offensive, out of touch, moralizing and self-righteous, stuff like that. We'll be talking about the Democrats having a moment of self-awareness where they're looking in the mirror. We'll be talking about that. But what I want to do instead, just to kind of mix things up a bit, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll start the segment off for sure and for good getting into the Brandon administration. And I think what I'll start doing, doing, I think what I'll start doing is I'll have the intro, the ramble for a bit, catch you guys up on what's going on, the updates, the promos, the radar read. I'll do that all in one segment. Then we'll take a break. Then we'll come back and do the real first segment and go from there. I think I kind of like that setup, but uh, that's what we're going to do. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into the Brandon administration. A Kentucky high school held a man pageant where students gave teachers lap dances. We'll talk about that. Gender unicorns, a supercut of Democrats saying that conservatives are the greatest threat to our democracy as well as an article that came out declaring Antifa a international terrorist organization and something else that happened that was kind of strange. Uh, apparently QAnon followers gathered in Dallas for the arrival of JFK Jr. That's literally impossible because he died in 1999, but we'll be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back, right after this. we're back just like that fairly simple or at least i'd like to think it's that 
that simple. I don't know. Uh, but here we are. We're back. If you guys want to support this operation, you can do so by going to coffee.com forward slash noise era. Coffee.com forward slash noise era. Buy your boy a coffee. Buy your boy a tea. Buy your boy a beer. Buy my baby girl. She doesn't drink formula, actually. All breastfed that baby is. All natural, all healthy. And boy, let me tell you, she eat like it too. Uh, but yeah, Patreon. You can't support us at Patreon. You can't go to patreon.com forward slash the noise era. They, they removed us. In order for you to support us, you have to go to coffee.com forward slash noise era. I'll put the link for that in the description bar below. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. We have a very, very interesting uh, transmission planned for you, a very interesting segment nonetheless. Uh, but with this particular segment, I'd like to just give you a summary. The Brandon administration segment is to give you a summary of what kind of lunacy uh, we are dealing with underneath the Biden-Harris administration or the embarrassed administration. That's how I see them. The Obaris, Obama, Biden, Harris. That's how I see the Biden administration, the Brandon administration. There are so many different things to call the dystopian and inverted world that we now find ourselves in. Uh, that that that's that's what I'm going to try to do with this segment is just give you a couple of examples of just the absolute upside down insanity uh, that's going on. You know, like giving like giving migrants who came to America illegally or legally and then got separated, giving those giving the 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 illegals four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. For coming to the the country illegally, that's what I'm saying. So while we're over here talking about the cost of living going up, not having enough food money on our from our paychecks, not having food on the table, this being one of the most costly Thanksgivings in U.S. history, Biden thinks it's a great thing to do to give all of our extra money that apparently we have uh, to illegals who came here illegally. And so, well, that's just a sm- just an example. You know, and I, I'd hate to sound like a bigot or a homophobe or a xenophobe or one of those gosh darn dirty Trump supporters. But, you know, if you if it makes sense to you, I hope you can make have it make sense to me. But let's go ahead and start getting into it. Let me play for you guys real quick. Uh, something that, again, just talks about the insanity that's going on. Uh, apparently in Kentucky, they held a man pageant, a man pageant. Do you, do you guys know what that is? A man pageant? Well, apparently at this man pageant, uh, you had you had students dress up as the opposite sex and give lap dances to uh, school officials. I kid you not. Let's play this clip and then we'll pick it up on the other side. Way by an Eastern Kentucky school superintendent after photos of what's known as the man pageant appeared on social media, even making national headlines. And you're talking about it. The photos were taken during a series of skits to celebrate homecoming at Hazard High School. Take a look at these photos from WTVQ in Lexington. They show male students dressed in women's lingerie, dancing on school officials, including the principal who just happens to be Hazard's mayor. Female students wore shirts saying Hooters right across them. They also carried drinks made to look like beer. Some people have called the skits inappropriate and offensive. Others say it's a fun, harmless tradition that's been blown out of proportion. None of my children have been hurt. None of the teachers have been hurt. They, it's embarrassing to them 
that this has to happen at their school because people don't know how to keep their mouths shut. I don't think it's taken out of context. They're half naked, which is almost pornography. The superintendent says the district is investigating and once that's complete, appropriate action will be taken. The Kentucky Department of Education also said it's aware of the incident and that if any teacher is found to violate the code of ethics, they will be reported to the Education Professional Standards Board. Okay, so that's just one. That's that's just one because just last week we talked about how a skirt wearing gender fluid teen was found guilty in Loudoun County, Virginia of bathroom rape. That's just one. Right. Just a quick example of some of some of the craziness that's going on underneath the Biden administration. It's a harmless tradition. I wish people would keep their mouths shut. None of the kids got harmed. You know, this is this is perfectly normal. This always happens for sure. Okay. Um, and no one sees anything wrong with that. No one sees anything wrong with that. Well, I have another clip that I'll be trying to get ready here for you guys uh, that I think you will find, if not disturbing, um, troublesome, worrisome, like I'm not sure how to put it. Basically what it is, is an application for your children to let school officials know their sexual attraction, their gender, their gender identity, stuff like that. Yeah, let me go ahead and pull this up here for you guys. That way you can hear it for yourself. But they're coming for your kid. They're trying to hypersexualize and turn out your children. So one parent saying, oh, well, I wish people would just keep their mouth shut. She doesn't she doesn't get how this is a part of a larger goal. And I couldn't help but thinking about it when when. When that information came out right off the bat, I couldn't help but think about how. You know, the reason why they're having these these kids do this to the teachers is so they can get everybody involved. Like, I, I look at that and I think, oh, well, of course, you know, they're having it be like a public ritual. They're wanting to make sure that it, it's not a private thing, that, you know, it's not a, a private sexual event. It's a public sexual event. Everybody that was there, you know, uh, you, you get the thought process. But now, check this out right here. Now, a gender unicorn worksheet asks students to disclose their personal information about sexual attraction, their gender identity, and more. Let's take a listen, then we'll pick it up on the other side. late, the school district is apologizing for a worksheet. Here it is. It's the gender unicorn where students can rate their gender identity, expression, evaluate their sex assigned at birth, and then rank how attracted they are to different genders. A spokesperson for Olathe Schools released this statement. It reads in part, a worksheet was handed out to students that Olathe Public Schools does not condone, and it is not part of the district's curriculum. Yeah, convenient. This worksheet was not a Con appropriate for students and ask the buffering's getting us questions that could violate their person. The buffering's what's getting us. 
Okay. And that could violate their not appropriate for students and asked questions that could violate their personal privacy rights. Students who received the worksheet have been asked not to complete it. The district <laughs> has not said if the teacher involved is facing any disciplinary action. We will keep you updated. Let's let's read a little bit more about that. That's not enough to go on. That's interesting that you got caught with a worksheet and then all of a sudden you just decided to not tell the parents about it. That's very convenient. So let's read a little bit more about this. Uh, because, again, underneath the Biden administration, parents who try to go figure out what's going on with their kids are considered domestic terrorists. Didn't we figure that out just the other week? Attorney General Mary Garland said parents who try to stop this type of stuff are domestic terrorists. Look at this. This is an article from uh, The Blaze Media. It's by Sarah Taylor. They put this up November 3rd. Gender Unicorn Worksheet asks students to disclose personal information about sexual attraction and gender identity. It sparks outrage from the school community. And before I get into this, just the other week, I posted something about this type of behavior going on. And one of our one of our one of our Telegram members commented, like, what's the problem? Let people get along with whoever they want to get along with. You know, the same thing you always hear. Love. Why are you chastising somebody for the type of thing they love? I'm not. What I'm saying is the fact that you have a social agenda that's pushing this. This isn't natural. And if it's natural, it's because of the chemicals in the water turning the friggin frogs homosexual. This isn't natural whenever you have like a thousand percent increase from the eighties in transgender surgeries. That's unnatural. If people over, I don't know, 50 years, a hundred years decided that all of a sudden they wanted to be transgender, that's natural. But from a 20 year to 10 year time period, you're seeing like a thousand percent increase in people trying to get uh, transgender surgeries. That's unnatural. What is one of the, what's one of the factors pushing this? They're making love <clears throat> unnatural. Let me read this quick article. It says that a questionnaire asking 10th grade students about their sexual identity, preference, and more has sparked um, outrage among an Olathe public school community in Kansas, according to a report from the Kansas City Star. It says the questionnaire featuring the, quote, gender unicorn, a teaching tool from the Trans Student Education Resource website, asked students in a 10th grade class at Olathe East High School to declare their gender identity, expression, assigned sex, and sexual and emotional preference. According to the outlet, the district said that the unapproved worksheet was shared with only one human group in de development class and that the school's principal immediately asked the students to not fill it out. In a letter to parents, Principal Carrie Lane acknowledged that the assignment was, quote, not appropriate for students and asked questions that could violate their personal privacy rights. Quote, we are working with staff to make sure this worksheet is not distributed to any other classrooms and is not used in any instruction moving forward. Good stuff. This is a district-wide statement added that it, quote, supports all students and strives to create inclusive environments where students can reach out to the trusted adults for support. According to TSER's website, the mission of the youth-led organization is, quote, dedicated to transforming the educational environment for trans and gender nonconforming students through advocacy and empowerment. So they're just trying to, like, again, like what is this, what about this is educational? I'm sorry I'm, if I'm making like bigoted questions, but I'm like, at what point of this is educational? 
I just don't feel like that's the case. It's like schools should be a place where you're learning about legitimate trades, skills, things to prepare you for the environment. I don't have somebody, you know, walking up to me asking me what my genitalia is and what my sexual preference is. That doesn't have that doesn't sway somebody to say, oh, EJ is competent because he's got a dingling in between his leg. It's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. But let me get back into this quote. In addition to our focus on creating a more trans friendly education system, our mission is to educate the public and teach trans activists how to affect how to be effective organizers. Again, that's 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 activism. That's a social thing. That is not an educational thing. Quote, we believe that justice for trans and gender nonconforming youth is contingent on an intersectional framework of activism. Ending oppression is a long-term process that can only be achieved through collaborative action. I've got to cut it off there. You guys get the point. So this is this is more of that creeping into education. They are radicalizing people who were sexually confused. That is crazy. And because you're not going to speak their language, that's how 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 bass backwards they have things. Because you're not going to speak their language. You're going to be considered a bigot, transphobic, a homophobe, you name it. Ending oppression. Insane. I'm just like, I, 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 I we got to move on. <laughs> we we got to move on from that. I hope you guys get the picture. What I'm trying to say is they are, they are not only radicalizing your children, but they are also sexualizing them. Um, and it's a pretty scary situation right here. Check this out. Researchers want access to social media user data to study domestic extremism. This is an article by uh, Ken Sylvia of the Epoch Times. They put this up October 28th. It says, while criticizing social media companies for invading users' privacy, some university researchers and nonprofit organizations are pushing for access to the same data collected by those companies arguing that such information is crucial to understanding how to combat domestic extremism. I can tell you how uh, they, what happens whenever somebody doesn't speak to someone in a, in a non newspeak way, like just using an example of how they're radicalizing uh, education and making it intersectional. Well, what happens if I speak to one of these intersectional transgenderists and I don't use the proper word, do they become a domestic extremist? Getting back into the article, researchers and activists made their case for more access to social media data at an October 28th Senate Homeland Security Committee hearing on social media and domestic extremism. Their calls follow the release of the Fedbook files, a trove of internal records that reportedly show, among other things, the company's failure to control the spread of radicalizing content. According to the researchers, they need to see how Fedbook and other social media users are interacting with the content so they can better understand the phenomena of domestic extremism. Quote, the key types of data sets that should be available to should be made available relate to who viewed or engaged with what content, when and how. Nathan Persley, co-director of the Stanford Cyber Policy Center, said at an at an October 28th hearing, quote, in other words, to answer the most pressing questions relating to social media, we need data that can ask that can assess which types of people though not individuals themselves, were seeing certain online content at certain times. In the wake of the Cambridge Analytica scandal, 
in which researchers scraped billions of FedBook data points to target users with political ads ahead of the 2016 elections, companies have been hesitant to provide access to their data. In August, for instance, FedBook blocked New York University researchers from scraping publicly accessible data from its API, saying that, quote, research cannot be the justification for compromising people's privacy. At the hearing, the researchers insisted that they could study the user data without compromising privacy. Personally proposed that government should be the gatekeeper of who accesses the data. He proposed a system where the Federal Trade Commission would be responsible for vetting researchers and research projects and specifying the conditions under which research shall be conducted. He also said strict rules would govern the use of social media data. Quote, researchers may not take any data out of the research environment without a privacy review being conducted, Pursley said in his opening statement. Quote, we need to make sure measures are in place that reassure the public that no individual's data is of interest to the research project, just the aggregated findings derived from them. And you guys get the point from there. Basically, they want to have access to your private data to see if you show any signs of domestic extremism. What are you liking? What are you looking at? Why do you have that thought process? What made you form that point of view? You know, that type of stuff, just big brother types things, you know, so this is a scientific dictatorship. If I were to read a little bit more in the article, you would have just heard them pontificating on whether or not it was justifiable and moral and ethical for them to access your private, in, your private information. But uh, you get what's going on here. They want to see if through your involvement on technology, on social media, if they can domestic, if they can designate you a domestic terrorist without without designating you, like uh, Merrick Garland did it wrong by calling by openly outright calling parents that want to actively be involved in their child's education domestic terrorists. He did it wrong. You 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 told the people that they were domestic terrorists. Uh uh-uh. uh. The Brandon the Brandon administration wants to do it in a much more coercive and subtle way. They want to access your private information to say this guy has anti-government views. This guy has domestic terrorist leanings. He's a conspiracy theorist. Let's monitor him. You can't outright tell the people you're spying on them, uh, Merrick Garland. You have to use this system that we're building. There you have it right there. Researchers want access to social media user data to study domestic extremism. Yeah. That's all. You just you just did it wrong, Merrick. <laughs> oh, man. You know, a lot of what we do these days is gallows humor, is nervous laughter, uh, because they're outright telling you what their plan is. They're telling you that you are the problem. They're telling you that your child is theirs, that they will raise them, that you just have to birth them. Things like this is more. This administration will go down by far as one of the worst in history. Make no mistake about it. They will go down in history as one of the worst administrations in history. Here's a quick supercut of the Democrats openly coming out saying that Republicans are the greatest domestic terrorist threat. 
This is after they've radicalized your children, after they sexualized them, after they've traumatized them by putting masks on them, after they've burned through an entire summer of just burning, looting and murdering and stealing and doing all kinds of crap. Here is a super code of Democrats saying that conservatives are the greatest terrorist threat to this country. It's crazy. It, it's it's crazy how they could just lie to you like that. But uh, here they are doing what they do best. We have a domestic terrorism challenge in this country. There ought to be a bipartisan consensus to fight ter terrorism wherever it comes from, uh, and particularly when it comes from within. For too long, our federal government has failed to address the growing terrorist menace in our own backyard. What we need is a focus. Uh, in the Homeland Security on uh, domestic terrorism. Domestic violent extremism is the most acute threat, uh, terrorism-related threat that we are seeing uh, to our homeland. Intelligence gathering agencies now, they are telling us that that threat landscape is now a more of a domestic uh, uh, nature. The rise of domestic violent extremism is a serious and growing national security threat. The Biden administration will confront this threat with the necessary resources and resolve. What more do your departments need from Congress, and particularly this committee, to root out violent extremism? A commitment to redouble our efforts uh, to fight hate and to uh, fight one of the greatest threats that we face uh, currently on our homeland, which is the uh, threat of domestic terrorism. The domestic violent extremist threat is also rapidly evolving. How would the Justice Department adapt its approach to combating domestic violent extremism to address how the threat has evolved over the past few years. The most dangerous domestic terror threat facing America today comes from the forces that attacked our government on January 6th. And the violent, deadly insurrection on the Capitol nine months ago it was about white supremacy in my view. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race. Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. Not ISIS, not Al-Qaeda, white supremacists. Let's stop pretending. Okay. You guys get it from there. You're you're a dirty, dirty, bad person for taking an active poll, active role in your child's education. You're a dirty, dirty domestic terrorist for seeing the way the country's going. It's like 70% of American voters agreed. They agreed that they don't like the direction the country's going in. You're a dirty, dirty domestic terrorist. You're a dirty, dirty domestic terrorist for advocating for uh, bodily autonomy and medical freedom. You're a dirty, dirty domestic, domestic extremist You know, for not trying to muzzle your child it, the the list goes on and on, but that's that's this government. That's how these people operate. This is the Brandon administration. This is how these people think that um, unless you bend the knee, have blind obedience and capitulation to these radical demands, you are a domestic extremist, a violent terrorist. Speaking of terrorists, check this out right here. Antifa declared an international terrorist organization. Now, I, it's it's going to seem a little bit like uh, 
they deserve. And to a degree, that's not even a, an, an appropriate designation, but I digress. Of News Punch, they put this up November 3rd. It says Antifa has been declared a far left, quote, international terrorist organization by the prime minister of Slovenia amid growing violence in France. It says that uh, Jazz Jason, uh, Jansa, who is the leader of Melania Trump's home country, made his declaration via Twitter, quote, and What is this like a shopping cart? He's like he's ramming a they're ramming police officer cars uh, with shopping carts. Quote, we know who Joseph Stalin was. We know the hundreds of thousands of deaths he caused. These people are only his distant dissidents or distant descendants. Zamor said in a reaction to the far left extremists footage of the violence, as well as the graffiti calling for Zamar to be murdered, was reported by French journalist Clement Lenov. And you get the picture from there. So those are the real terrorists burning buildings, looting stores, attacking police officers. You know, that's what you would consider terroristic things where they're compromising the safety and the integrity of your society. That's what you would consider a criminal, a terrorist, stuff like this. Not people who are showing up at school board meetings saying, don't teach my child any of this hypersexualized content. Don't teach my child. Uh, any of this, this, this common core backwards math, don't, don't muzzle my child. Don't subject him to experimental gene therapies. That's not domestic extremist or uh, terroristic thoughts. These are the actions of overprotective parents trying to, trying to play an active role in their child's life. But you see, we're in clown world over here in America. This is the Brandon administration. I, I, I have to forget that. I have to remember that. <laughs> We're not talking about common sense here. We're talking about an administration that has gone drunk off of the power that it was that is stole. That's what we're talking about. People who have done nothing but lie, cheat, and steal for the past four years, hardcore in a in a in a much more hardcore fashion, because the Democrats of today are not the Democrats of yesteryear. I grew up with like classic liberal democratic parents ones that ones that knew about all the stuff that we're talking about here and more but something happened to these new democrats these are the radicals these are the extremists these aren't your grandparents democrats man it's something else you see they are something else entirely these are the real extremists uh, here is van jones having a small moment of reflection, a moment of clarity. Here is a CNN panel agreeing 
on what we talked about just beforehand, agreeing uh, that the Democrats are coming off as annoying and offensive, out of touch, moralizing and self-righteous. Yeah, here is uh, the clip and then we'll read the article right after. Van Jones. situation, you don't have a bunch of critical race theory stuff there. You don't have a bunch of uh, Trump. You don't have Jerry McAuliffe, you know, doing that. There's something happening out here. It could be just anti-incumbent. I think that's a part of it. But I think that there's something else that's happening. I think that I think that Democrats are coming across in ways that we don't recognize. Yep. That are annoying and offensive um, and seem out of touch in ways that I don't think show up in our feeds. But we're looking at, at, at our kind of echo chamber. And I think that this is a message here because uh, Scott was describing a glory. When you're talking about power, you're talking about Democrats. Democrats because it seems annoying to a lot of people. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. You're right, Van Jones. He's, he's trying to have a quick, real moment with these radical Democrats who don't want to hear about it. He's trying to say, I think our policies and the way we're trying to go about this it's coming off as annoying, offensive, out of touch, and moralizing. We're stuck in our own echo chambers where we're not really listening to other people's opinions. Let's read this quick article from National File, and then we'll get into it on the other side. This is by Gabriel Keene. They put this up November 3rd. CNN panel agrees the voters view Democrats as annoying and offensive, out of touch, moralizing, and self-righteous. It says, following Democrat candidate Terry McAuliffe's humiliating defeat in the Virginia governor's race on Tuesday night, a panel of analysts at left-wing media corporation CNN agreed that many view, many voters view Democrats as, quote, annoying and offensive and out of touch, uh, quote, annoying to a lot of people, quote, moralizing and self-righteous. Here's Van, uh, This is what Van Jones said. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it again for you guys. Uh, but, quote, I think Democrats have to look in the mirror now because the New Jersey situation, you don't have a lot of the critical race stuff, theory stuff there. You don't have a bunch of Trump. You don't have a Terry McAuliffe, you know, doing dumb. Uh, there's there's something happening out here. It could just be anti-incumbent. I think that's part of it, CNN's Van Jones said. But, quote, I think there's something else that's happening. I think the Democrats are coming off in a way we don't recognize that are annoying and offensive. That seems out of touch in ways that I don't think shows up on our feeds when we're looking at our kind of echo chamber. He's correct. Quote, when you're talking about our, you're talking about Democrats. It seems annoying to a lot of people, Anderson Cooper agreed. David Axelrod said, quote, I think the attitude is important, Van. I mean, we've become, you know, the Democratic Party. What you've seen is it's becoming a more college-educated urban party, a coalition with minority voters, and the message tends to be moralizing, prompting Jones to nod and chime in, saying, quote, moralizing and self-righteous. Uh, referring to McAuliffe's decision to cast all opponents of his anti-parent agenda as racists, another panelist said, quote, people do not believe that about themselves and do not believe that America is full of hateful kind of people that McAuliffe and Biden told us Virginia was full of. So let me play a couple of these clips so you guys can hear from them themselves. I think it's good that they have this moment of self-reflection and admit that, yeah, no, you guys are coming off as jerks. It's called virtue signaling. We are so over it. 
And what happened in Virginia, as I said before, is a microcosm of what is expected to happen around the nation. That's why we have to get voter integrity on point. That's why we've got to fix what happened in 2021st before we go anywhere. But here is Van Jones having a, 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 whoa, a moment of clarity, whoa, a moment of revelation. This much motion in such, in such a short period of time. And so I think Democrats have to look in the mirror now because the New Jersey situation you don't have a bunch of critical race theory stuff there. You don't have a bunch of uh, Trump. You don't have Jerry McCullough, you know, doing nothing. And there's something happening out there. It could be just anti-incumbent. I think that's a part of it. But I think that there's something else that's happening. I think that I think that Democrats are coming across in ways that we don't recognize that are annoying yep. and offensive yep. um, and seem out of touch yeah. in ways that I don't think show up in our feeds. We're looking at, at, at our kind of it is annoying to a lot of people that's one clip and again this is a part of the socio-economic reformation the socio-cultural reformation and the socio-political reformation eventually these people have to have like a moment of self-awareness and say hey Maybe I'm the bad guy. Maybe maybe I need to readjust my position. Yeah, and frankly, the right attitude, the humility, and listening to, to get them. I think that the attitude is important. Thing. I mean, you know, we've become, uh, you know, Democratic Party. What you've seen is it's it's become a more um, uh, a more uh, college educated urban uh, party in coalition with uh, uh, minority voters and. The, the messages tend to be moralizing. It's moralizing. like, it is, we are going to tell you, we will tell you what is right. We, t- we, we, we and, and no connection. Authoritarian. Uh, authoritarian is the word that I would choose. Uh, but here they are. Voters are being browbeaten and being told they're voting for racists. Here, here, here they are. Like the Democrats are so disconnected and so detached from what's actually going on in the country they end up having to make up a whole bunch of reasons that Americans are so effing tired of that, that they're having to radically re- uh, readjust their own viewpoints. Like it's not about, again, what's in between your legs. It's not about the color of your skin. It's about the content of your heart. Can you get the job done? Are you using common sense? Let's play this final clip and then we'll move on from there. And at the same time, I also believe that while I'm, you know, while voters worry about the day to day economic issues, they're being browbeaten and saying that if you don't support these Democrats, if you decide to go with the Republican in Virginia, then you're you're voting for racists. You're voting for white supremacists. You're essentially voting for Donald Trump all over again. And people out there do not believe that about themselves. They do not want to be told that about themselves. And I don't think they fundamentally believe that America is full of the hateful kind of people that McAuliffe and Biden and the rest told us that Virginia was full of, and they rejected that today. And I think yes. Democrats are going to have a difficult election if they continue to paint America in such a negative light when Republicans fundamentally are going to say, look, we're good people. We all want the same thing. We have fair. an issue set that will appeal. I, I think that's fair enough. But what I, what I will say is this. Part of me- yeah, good stuff, man. Uh, it's, it's weird 
that I would agree with these people because they're spitting common sense. That's why I agree with them. They're, they are finally having a moment of reckoning where they are coming together and saying, you know what? I think we might have screwed the pooch on this one. You know what? I don't think we should have done any of that stuff. I agree, Van Jones and CNN panelists. I agree. I'm glad that you have a certain clarity that's come over you after you got your butts handed to you in Virginia. I can only hope that this red wave continues to take over because we have we, we, we've talked about it time and time again over here on the show, how far the pendulum is swinging and it's got to swing back the other way. I hope that just like having BLM come together with, with, with anti-vaccine protesters in, uh, New York City, in Brooklyn, over Kyrie Irving. I hope that this is the piggy, the pendulum beginning to swing the other way because this is getting out of control. They're teaching kids all kinds of crazy stuff. They're they're scrambling their brains. They're teaching them how to be racist. Like it's 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 got to. I I hope that this is the beginning of the dam breaking. It's just weird, you know, because you know that all they're doing is practicing common sense, is speaking common sense. It's sorry that it's good that a loss has to occur, but gosh, only know God only knows where this is going to go, you know. Uh, but I was going to get into an article about how the Biden regime planned four hundred and fifty thousand dollar payments to illegal aliens who had families separated under under Trump. I don't want to play that. I don't. I don't want to get into that because that that in and of itself is like a. It's a slap in the face. I think what I will do instead is I'll play Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, his response to that. I think that's a much better uh, assessment of what's going on than me getting into it, because you you know what that is. It's more devaluing, more devaluation of the dollar, more of some of these hardcore leftist policies, these globalist policies that, 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 that strengthen the foreigners, that create that permanent voting block. That's always going to vote Democrat. That's always going to be like the, the 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 serfs of the state. That's what they want. They want the peasant class, and that's what that is. You give money to them, they're not going to bite the hands of the of the people that feed them. But it's bigger than that. Here is Governor Ron DeSantis speaking on that, and then I'll play for you guys a bit of a doom break. Uh, we'll get into a doom break situation afterwards. But uh, here is Senator Ron or Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida speaking on the $450,000 payments to illegal to illegal immigrants. Let's go, Brandon. I'm very, very concerned about reports. Uh, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal that the Biden administration is going to pay with tax dollars hundreds of millions of dollars to people who came to our country illegally across the southern border as, quote, damages. I mean, you think about it, Americans are getting more in their gas bills. They're getting more in their grocery bills. Uh, You've had all kinds of really bad policies throughout our country that has limited freedom. And you're going to turn around for that and you're going to do 475,000 for an individual that came illegally to this country. 
I've seen a lot in my day. I've seen a lot that's happened over the last nine or 10 months that I didn't think I'd ever see, but this takes the cake. Uh, if that is done, that is gonna be a slap in the face to every hardworking American who works hard and plays by the rules. And it'll especially be in a slap in the face uh, to people that have immigrated legally to this country. Uh, that should not be allowed to stand. It's wrong. And whatever we can do in Florida to fight back against it, we will do. Good stuff. Good stuff. And that's that. all we're asking for is for common sense leadership. But in this branded administration, in the Biden, in the Biden regime, the embarrassment administration that we have right here in front of us, common sense is so far flung. It's a, it's a bad thing uh, because truly you do have people losing their minds. We're looking for common sense leadership. And we're, it's not that we're spinning our wheels. We're, we're, we're getting nowhere with this type of thought process. Like it really is a tower of Babel. And there is no more evidence than this right here. I'm going to read you guys a quick article that popped up. And at the same time, play for you guys a couple clips that I, I that I don't I really don't even know what to say. Like uh, this is the final article for this segment, or at least the final content for this segment. But check this out: QAnon followers apparently went to Dallas, Texas, to go see <laughs> to 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 await Donald Trump and JFK Jr. Look at this. There, there's there's clips. There's like hundreds of people, if not thousands of people there. And so before I play this, let me play for you. Let me let me speak on this. QAnon, PSYOPs, MAGA, all this stuff, man. Uh, I definitely miss Trump, too. I think he was a great president compared to Joe Biden. But what's happened now is you have people who have like I get conspiracies, man. I get conspiracy theories. I get, you know, falling down the rabbit hole. I get it. But this takes the cake. This, for me, takes the cake. Seeing thousands of people show up for Donald Trump and for JFK Jr., who died in 1999. And it's one of the craziest theories out there. It's like they, like he, he, he faked his own death. And I'm not trying to bash like conspiracy theories or conspiracy theorists, man. Like I, I totally get it. But JFK's dead. Trump's not coming back. We we've got Biden still here. We've got to deal with all these problems. Yeah, I don't like Biden. He's not my president. Trump won 2020. I get all that. Um, but look at this. Look at this. There's thousands of people here. Trump Kennedy. Who made this? Yeah, Trump Kennedy, 2020. Let's go, Brandon. And I get it. Let's go, Brandon, bro. But look at this. There's just thousands of people here. This is what QAnon has done. This is what QAnon has done to the political scene here in America. This is why this is such a problem. 
This is why I had such an issue with QAnon and more. Let me let me read to you guys this quick article, uh, and then we'll 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 close out this segment. But uh, QAnon followers gathered in Dallas, Texas, for the arrival of JFK Jr., who died in 1999. This is an article by Josh Feldman of Mediate. They put this up November second, and it says, "Remember QAnon? Well, apparently there are still some people who believe these conspiracies. One of which involves." John F. Kennedy Jr. Your first reaction to that is probably, quote, didn't JFK Jr. die like years ago? He did. The son of the late U.S. presidents tragically died in a plane crash in 1999. But as the Daily Rebeast reported in 2018, one of the wilder QAnon conspiracies is that Q might actually be JFK Jr., who is still alive. You know, I miss Tupac too, bro. I miss Tupac and Biggie. I'm sure Tupac's out there still living it up. But I'm not making a lot of my political comments and analysis on the fact that Tupac may still be alive. It says around the middle of July, a new figure named quote R appeared in the 8chan forum developed by QAnon research. R is the letter in the alphabet after Q. The anonymous poster who was soon dubbed Ranon or Ranon posited that Kennedy hadn't actually died in a plane crash off the coast of Massachusetts. Instead, he faked his death to avoid the supposed deep state cabal that is at the center of QAnon and teamed up with Trump to kick off a decades-long strategy. While Trump has laid the groundwork for his presidential bid, QAnon believers posted, posited that Kennedy had become Q. There's been some minor chatter about this nonsense over the past few years, but on Tuesday, people actually showed up in Dallas expecting to see JFK Jr.'s return, along with the announcement that he's running for Trump or running with Trump in 2024. And that's what you're seeing right there. You're seeing people expect Donald Trump and John F. Kennedy Jr. to come out and say, we fooled you. We're running in 2024. Reporter Stephen Mon- uh, Monticelli has been in Dallas since Monday morning chronicling this bizarre gathering. He said that the QAnon followers believe that JFK Jr. will appear at the Grassy Knoll and speak Tuesday afternoon. Earlier Tuesday, Monticelli said people were gathered in anticipation of the announcement. So far, Monticelli tweeted, no sign of JFK Jr. And there was actually pictures that showed them all waiting uh, at the grassy knoll where JFK was shot. There was one banner reading Trump 2020 or Trump Kennedy 2020 with the Q slogan, where we go one, we all go. Senator Chris Murphy reacted to the gathering by saying it's not funny, but rather, quote, a deeply worrying sign of how unhinged our political conversation has become from truth. And I would have to agree. I would have to agree. You've got Robert F. Kennedy Jr. out there fighting against these vaccines, but 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 not John F. Kennedy Jr. Like I think what I'm trying to say by by closing out this Brandon administration segment is to show you guys, like, even on the right side. Some of it has become pretty unhinged, far from the truth, destabilized, and there's obvious evidence of, you know, mental issues going on here. But what what, what I'm trying to say is this is getting crazy out here. Uh, people are losing their minds, chasing smoke, falling way too far into the rabbit hole, and at a certain level, they're they're in the hands of the adversaries. Right. 
I don't like Biden any more than anybody else, man. I look at him and I, I feel I feel weak looking at him. But some of this has gotten out of control. This is the problem with QAnon. This is what happens when you let people think for you. This is what happens when you don't do your research. I'm glad these people aren't wearing masks. That's a good thing. But what would happen if all these people were able to use any of their collective resources to, I don't know, come up with the next Senator uh, Tom Cotton or the next Josh Hawley or the next Rand Paul, right? Or the next Ted Cruz, right? Or the next uh, uh, um, Youngkin, right? That's what we need. We need more people who are willing to go the extra mile and not just chase Puff the Magic Dragon. This is very dangerous to me. Because that means this many people are still waiting for a Donald Trump, John F. Kennedy team up. And I, I, I don't even know what to say to this. At a certain level, I don't even know what to say to this. So what I am going to say is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the poison. We're going to be talking about people pushing back. We're going to be talking about the vaccine mandates and how they are hitting around the entire nation and how this is causing not only the nation, but the world to begin to buckle. We're talking about endangering society on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Good Morning America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer.
Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Stay lives and share truth. Freedom Faction, out. Oh man, I just, I swear, it's like every time I, every time I hear that uh, that vaccine propaganda clip, man, and that's why I have to play like the New Leaf Naturals right after it. Because you got that Nancy over there dancing around, trying to look cute, wearing his slacks. And I'm just like, yo, here's a study. Here's like eight proven benefits. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I don't, I don't have like a gimmick. I'm just shooting you straight. You know, it's got like a cool, catchy tune. And I'm just trying to cram in as much information as I can before that minute <laughs> comes up. It's just hilarious. Oh, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, oh, man, I laugh. I laugh at myself more than anything uh, when looking at all this stuff. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for this segment, Endangering Society, where we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, the poison, the poison, the jab and its effects, man. It is. It, it's so crazy, just seeing all the stuff we 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 theorized about, that we analyzed, that we that we war gamed, that we just put it out there, even as a theory, and it's just all unfolding. Like I have, I had so much information for this segment that I'll that I'll most likely end up doing like a. Um, I'll I'll go through all the content that I have scheduled for this segment, and then what I'll most likely end up doing is uh, doing like a, 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 a read-through of all the other things that didn't get mentioned because it is, it is incredible. The amount of information that is coming out in relation to just the jab, its effects, and more is crazy. Like now people are beginning to see that the vaccine mandates are causing the Great Reset. There, uh, people are beginning to see that the vaccine mandate, this vaccine, is jeopardizing their safety. We're not talking about their biological integrity, their medical autonomy, their, their 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 body. We're talking about police officers not showing up to work because they don't want the jab. We're show, we're talking about firefighters, EMTs, nurses, doctors, pilots, uh, truck drivers. Our infrastructure being adversely affected by this vaccine. It's not it's not just the vaccine. It's so much more. Uh, but let me play for you guys this real quick clip of members of the European Parliament protesting the, quote, oppressive vaccine passport and asking the question of why the political elites are pushing this agenda so hard. So even people within Parliament, within government, are having to come out and agree, hey, we don't need to push this this hard. So now we're beginning to see institutional pushback 
the power is beginning to come back into the people. Let's play this clip and then we'll pick it up on the other side. That renders a system oppressive. It is always the methods by which the goal is pursued. Whenever a government claims to have the people's interest at heart, you need to think again. In the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite sincerely concerned about the well-being of regular people. What makes any of us think that it is different now? If the Age of Enlightenment has brought forth anything, then certainly this. Never take anything any government tells you at face value. Always question everything any government does or does not do. Always look for ulterior motives and always ask, cui bono, who benefits? Yep. Whenever a political elite pushes an agenda this hard and resorts to extortion and manipulation to get their way, you can almost always be sure your benefit is definitely not what they had at heart. As far as I'm concerned, I will not be vaccinated with anything that has not been properly vetted and tested and has shown no sound scientific evidence that the benefits outweigh the disease itself and possible long-term side effects, which to this day, we don't know anything about. I will not be reduced to a mere guinea pig by getting vaccinated with an experimental drug. And I will most assuredly not get vaccinated because my government tells me to and promises in return, I will be granted freedom. Let's be clear about one thing. No one grants me freedom for I am a free person. So I dare the European Commission and the German government Throw me in jail, lock me up and throw away the key for all I care. But you will never be able to coerce me into being vaccinated if I, the free citizen that I am, choose not to be vaccinated. More power to you. More power to that. You see, in Europe, they get what's going on. They realize, hey, saying you're from the government and you're here to help is probably one of the scariest things people we need that we need people pushing back we need to see our elect our so-called elected officials stand up for the voice of the people you're seeing like again senator uh, tom cotton you're seeing senator josh holly you're seeing senator Rand paul you're seeing senator ted cruz we need more even mtg marjorie taylor green you're seeing that but we need more you need this we need this unified front approach because they're coming after the kids. They're coming after the 5 to 11s. It's only a matter of time until they come after the newborns. But that's what we need to do. We need to call these people's blush. That's why they're itching for a fight. Let me read this quick article from off the Guardian. They put this up October 31st. It says, in the latest editions of this week's In the New Normal, we mentioned a group of members of the European Parliament who held a press conference where they opposed mandatory vaccination, and the Green Pass. On the 28th, five of those same MEPs held another press conference, and while the whole thing is worth watching, the highlight is definitely the German MP, Christine Anderson, who spoke for two of the truest minutes in the EU's history. That's what you guys heard right there. 
that's her uh, talking about this, about how all through Europe, governments have gone to the great length to get people vaccinated. We were promised the vaccinations will be a, quote, game changer, and it will restore our freedom. Turns out none of that was true. It does not render you immune, and you can still con- and you can, can still contract the virus, and you can still be infectious. The only thing this vaccine did, for sure, was to spill billions and billions of dollars into the pockets of pharmaceutical companies. Uh, man, and then you, you, you get it from there. She finishes out by saying, let's be clear about one thing. No one grants me freedom, for I am a free person. And then she made that bold declaration saying, I dare the European Commission and the German government Throw me in jail, lock me up, and throw away the key for all I care. But you will never be able to coerce me into being vaccinated if I, the free citizen that I am, choose not to be vaccinated. We need that. More power to you, Christine Anderson. We need that now more than ever. And that's the type of defiant, authoritative position more of us need to take. We need to tell these people you do not have the right. I know the authority. I know the Constitution. I know my rights. I know the Nuremberg Code. I know what you are doing. I know the difference between legal and lawful. I know. But you see, like, listen, this is how these people work. This is a battle of the wills. I was talking about this with our one of our exclusive members before the show, about how right now what they're doing with the coercion, with the methods, they're trying to weigh people out. You're seeing people who were initially resistant to it buckle. But that's how these people are doing things. They're trying to make the conditions so crazy, so crappy, that in order for you to live a normal life, you eventually have to take the jab. I'll talk more about that later on. And I have a video clip, too, that I'll be playing for you guys of the Australian military being forced to being trained to force vaccinate. That is coming. And that scares me in and of itself. What type of horrors are we going to see? We're already seeing people being kidnapped and take to, taken to these, these quarantine camps, these quarantine cities, these isolation facilities. But what happens about this? We're the, that's what I'm saying. They're, 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 they're itching for a fight. They want to come to your house and plunge that needle in your arm. We're just not there yet. But you have to know with the history of things that that's where they're trying to take us. That's why we have to push back now while we still have time. Because if given the opportunity, these people will do just that. They will come kidnap you, plunge a needle into your arm and say it's for your own good. That's why we need to push back now. Look at this right here. Uh, Missouri, Nebraska, and Missouri, Nebraska, attorney generals lead 10 states in a suit against the Biden vaccine mandate for federal contractors. So we are beginning to see a pushback. It's just taking time. You know, again, like it's it's crazy. You have all these people that are playing along with the vaccine nonsense. But the minute that, you know, rubber hits the road and they have to finally make a decision, they push back. They tried to wait it out, too. But now guess what? Big brother government's coming to knock on their door. This is an article by the Center Squire, or the Center Square, uh, but it was reposted over there at Just the News. Let's read it. It says that uh, Republican attorneys generals Eric Schmidt of Missouri and Doug Peterson of Nebraska are leading eight additional states in a lawsuit against President Joe Biden and his administration 
for its COVID-19 vaccine mandate for federal contractors and federally contracted employees. The lawsuit comes one day after Missouri Republican Governor Mike Parson issued an executive order stating that the executive branch will not compel or penalize anyone to comply with any federal mandates for the vaccination if individuals have a religious objection or medical restriction. The 44-page complaint was filed in the U.S. District Court in eastern Missouri. It states that the administration used federal procurement statutes to, quote, create sweeping new power to issue decrees over large swaths of the U.S. economy and to take over areas of traditional state power. It goes on to say that Biden's executive order gave the executive branch, quote, unilateral power to mandate that all employees of federal contractors be vaccinated. The complaint states, quote, this power grab is sweeping in its scope. Employees of federal contractors constitute one fifth of the total U.S. workforce. And and the mandates go so far as demanding to demand vaccination even from employees who work entirely within their own home. That is unconstitutional unlawful, and unwise. Joining Missouri and Nebraska are Alaska, Arkansas, Iowa, Montana, New Hampshire, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming. You know those states are expected to grow. That's that's how this works. The same way that we saw this political realignment take place in Virginia is the very same way that we will see this same political realignment happen nationwide. People are just going to have to fight back. And that, it's, it's sad that it's taking this long. I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, why this didn't happen beforehand. Uh, the conditions had to get this bad to where even attorney generals stepped up. Getting back into the article, it says, quote, if the federal government attempts to unconstitutionally exert its will and force federal contractors to mandate vaccinations, the workforce and businesses could be decimated, further exacerbating the supply chain and workforce crisis. Schmidt, a candidate for the seat of retiring U.S. Senator Roy Blunt, said in in a statement announcing the lawsuit, quote, the federal government should not be mandating vaccinations. And that's why we filed suit today to halt this illegal, unconstitutional action. The vaccine mandate exercises, quote, power far beyond what delegated what was delegated to the federal government by constitutional mandate or congressional action, argues the complaint, which holds that the 10th that under the 10th Amendment, the, quote, power to impose the vaccine mandates to the extent that any such power exists is a power reserved to the states. Quote, for the first year and a half of the COVID-19 pandemic, both the Trump and Biden administration rightly acknowledged that the federal government lacks the authority to broadly mandate vaccines on the American people. Peterson said in a statement, quote, but all that changed on September 9th, 2021, when the Biden administration, a day, a day after my daughter was born. A day after my daughter was born, when the Biden administration did an about face and announced that it would impose a wide ranging set of vaccine mandates, including one for federal employees and employees of federal contractors and more. This far reaching order is unconstitutional because it states. Not the federal government that is that not the federal government that are responsible for addressing such matters of public health, in addition to Biden. Robin Carnahan, an administration for the General Services Administration and co-chair of the Safer Federal Workforce Task Force, was named as one of the eight additional defendants. Carnahan, a Democrat, served as Missouri's Secretary of State from 2005 to 2013 and lost to Blunt in the race of the seating of retiring U.S. Senator Kit Bond in 2010. 
uh, you, and then it just goes into personal information from there. But the gist of that is that you are seeing institutional pushback. States are having to come together. Attorney generals of states are having to come together in order to fight Biden at a federal level and say, listen to your constituents, listen to people. They don't want to be experimented upon. Not only that, but you were you were adversely affecting our entire economy. The supply chain is being disrupted by these vaccine mandates. Why aren't you listening? So it's taking people getting out there in the streets, Italians protesting for 15 weeks, uh, parents having to call out the administration, the regime and more. Like, think about how much mobilization is taking place because people are having to stand up against their government. This is what happens when the government has become drunk on power, out of touch, and insane. This is the Brandon administration. This is the Biden regime. This is the scientific dictatorship. And this is why these people have to be pushed back on. I don't think anybody wants to disrupt their life and be considered a rabble rouser or a troublemaker. But at the same time, nobody wants to pay a life full of hospital bills because that's basically what's going to happen. We start experimenting on the population. God only knows what's going to happen from there. Let me pull up for you guys real quick a clip of Dr. Ben Carson coming out saying that children should not take this shot, that this is a massive experiment that needs to stop. Yeah, here it is right here. Dr. Ben Carson blasts COVID vaccinations for children saying that this is really a giant experiment. I would have to agree, doctor. I don't, you know, I agree with you, doc, but let's go ahead and get a second opinion on that. And then Dr. Carson, you headed the pediatric neurosurgery uh, unit at John Hopkins, uh, Johns Hopkins. Do you agree with the CDC's decision to vaccinate children uh, five to 11 with the Pfizer vaccine? Uh, absolutely not. The fact of the matter is uh, the mortality rate for children uh, from COVID-19 uh, is 0.025, which is very similar to the rate for seasonal flu. And we haven't been for years and years going through all these uh, things for seasonal flu. Uh, plus, we don't know what the long-term impact of these vaccines is. So this is really sort of a giant experiment. Do we want to put our children at risk when we know that the risk of the disease to them is relatively small, but we don't know what the future risks are? Why would we do a thing like that? It makes no sense whatsoever. And also, you know, getting to this whole ideal of uh, natural immunity. Uh, there have been a number of studies that have shown that it is very, very effective. Uh, you look at the Cleveland Clinic study, 1,300 of their healthcare workers who had been previously infected, none of them got reinfected. So I, I know the CDC is coming out with their recommendations and, and trying to spin yes. things their way. But, you know, we ought to look at all of the data. And then, you know, with the finances, just one, th one more point. To count to a million, it would take you 12 days. To count to a billion, it would take you 31 years. To count to a trillion, it would take you 31,000 years. Unbelievable. So uh, just to put that in perspective. Yeah, one massive experiment. Good stuff, Dr. Carson. What's funny is I, uh, I know somebody that knows him. 
Very interesting, but no, it, it's good. Again, we're having this pushback from these institutions, from these people that are within the system saying, hey, no, I don't agree with this at all. <laughs> no, we should not be giving kids uh, experimental shots. I mean, think about that article that I, that I led into this, this episode with. There are two kids in the same class that died in the same week, and they were asked not to speculate why that took place. We know full well why that took place. And on top of that, I had, I had to ask the question, why are we beginning to normalize heart attacks in, 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 in children? Strokes, heart attacks, things like this in kids. What is this about? Just all of a sudden, you know, it's just perfectly normal for kids to start having heart attacks. I didn't grow up like that. I had kids grow up. I grew up with kids that had asthma attacks. Right. Asthma attacks are one thing. But not strokes. Not heart attacks. And you know what that's from? That's from the myocarditis. That's from the pericarditis. That's from the blood clots. Maybe I'll be getting into it later on in the segment, but again, a footballer in Belgium passing out mid-game. So yes, Dr. Carson, this is one massive experiment that we should not be administering to children. But you know how I was just playing that Pfizer ad for you guys? In between the break, well, check this out. They have another ad, ad or a propaganda piece. You can tell me which one it is. But they have another piece of content that says that when kids take their COVID shot, they end up getting superpowers. I kid you not. I kid you not. So they're, so 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 on one hand, you have accredited doctors, established doctors who are saying we should not experiment on kids. This is a very dangerous path for us to be taking. And then on the other hand, you have pharmaceutical companies that are that are pioneering all of the medical insanity we're seeing, saying, yeah, heck yeah, go ahead and take the shots, kid. You become a superhero. Getting ready to fight COVID. All of us want to be superheroes. And the most important heroes are those that help others. This year... Thousands of kids like us around the world joined the COVID-19 vaccine trial. Kid power. And when they did, they became all superheroes. To all the kids who volunteer, we'd like to say... Thank you! Thank you! Thank you for sharing your superpowers of... Courage trying new things. The ability to save people. Help people. Helping not just um, yourself, but many other kids. Do not be scared. Be fine. Super brave. Bravery and courage. A superhero shot. Helping everybody. Fight coronavirus and help others. You're helping the whole entire world. Thank you. You are all superheroes. Thank you. Thank you, superheroes. Thank you. You're awesome. God, dude, this is so bad. Let me tell you why this is so bad. Because, like, this is so sad. Because the same way that just last year the frontline workers were superheroes and 
they were heroes for staying on the front lines, you know, wearing their masks and, you know, doing all they did. Heck yeah, they were superheroes. And then this 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 year they're getting fired. This is so bad because I see the very same thing happening with all those children. Yeah, you're superheroes. Your parents signed you up for the trial. I'd hate to see you next year. Because you guys remember that 12-year-old girl, Maddie Daguerre, who subjected herself to the Pfizer trials and who's like a paraplegic now? Can't even see her ass on her 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 ads, sorry, her ads on 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 Comcast because they're blocked. She I bet she thought she was a superhero. Her mom did. Now the poor girl can't walk. The same thing over here. You got these kids, these beautiful kids who have their entire life ahead of them, but because they were clout chasing, they literally signed their kids up for a trial. This isn't them just walking into their local Walgreens or CVS to be administered like a vaccine. They signed up for this. Pfizer requested specifically for these children to submit these clips for this ad. Their parents signed them up for this. So, yeah, heck yeah, right now they got their superhero money. They can post about it on their social media. They got all the all the clout they need because next year, you know, they're going to need a lot more help. They will they will need a lot more help. And that's why this is sad. From my perspective. Yeah, creepy Pfizer ad tells kids they are superheroes for taking the jab. This article over here from the Free Thought Project says while ignoring the injuries of others. Let's read it real quick. It's by Matt Agaris. They put this up November 3rd. It says the multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical giant with an incredibly tainted past who has seen exponential profit during the pandemic as a result of taxpayers being forced to pay for the jab have also enjoyed billions in taxpayer dollars to advertise said jab. The windfall of profits realized from vaccinating adults quickly turned the company's sites to children as their customer based wane. Despite children facing a near zero chance of dying from COVID-19, the FDA jumped on board and quickly approved Pfizer's mRNA vaccine for children ages 5 to 11. After spending billions in taxpayer dollars and in, in taxpayer-funded uh, advertisements to convince adults to take the jab, Pfizer launched a new ad this week, which seemingly targets their new customer base, the children. The company held back nothing and referred to children who got the vaccines as part of the experiment as, quote, superheroes with superpowers. And that's what you guys just saw right there. They were superheroes. And again, if we're if we're playing more with the same type of propaganda, the same thing they ran two years ago. Now they're just running it on kids. If, if, if people fall for this, man, I'm not quite sure what to say. I'm really not quite sure what to say about that. That's a little disturbing in and of itself. The fact that you would just think it's 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 okay to inject children, even after all of what we've seen for an entire year, is to to still just plunge that chemical concoction inside of kids. I'm not quite sure how to how to respond to that. You know, yeah, I know they need that data, but that doesn't mean that we should be giving it up to them voluntarily. I'm trying to find for you guys real quick a clip of a mother in Louisiana figuring out that her her child was administered a vaccine without her parental consent. So that's coming. So the ones that voluntarily signed themselves up for these experimental gene therapies, they're superheroes. What about the ones that get 
criminally, medically kidnapped and then forced to uh, experimental treatment. That's why all of everything I'm talking about these days is just so insane, so bass backwards, so dystopian that that it, that it escapes me. I mean, here's the clip. Here's the clip right here. Uh, Louisiana high school caught injecting children with COVID-19 shots without parental consent. Only one mom sues. Let's let's play this clip and I'll read the article afterwards. Jefferson High was given a vaccine without proper parental consent. Oshner says it happened Wednesday while a mobile unit was on site at the school campus providing Pfizer vaccines for those 12 and up. WDSU News reporter Shay O'Connor is in the newsroom with how word spread fast among other parents. Shay? That is right, Sella. Now, Jennifer Ravain, it says her son was administered a dose of the Pfizer vaccine without her consent during that mobile Oshner vaccine event at East Jefferson High School. Now, she and her attorney believe other students were also given vaccines without parental consent. Now, we did speak with some other parents throughout the parish who tell me they are very upset at this. If something were to happen to my child that he signed for or they allowed him to do without my consent, who's going to be responsible for taking care of any medical bills for the rest of his life if something were to happen? Parents in Jefferson Parish are reacting after word spread of a teen getting vaccinated without proper parental consent at East Jefferson High School. It happened during an on-campus Oshner mobile vaccine event this week. The parent of the teen says Ashner Rupps told him and others to sign consent forms on their parents' behalf. I would be so uh, gut-wrenched if something like that happened to my child, and I feel for the parent that that happened to him. Ashner confirmed in this statement sent to WDSU, our team has been notified a student was vaccinated without proper parental consent at a school vaccination event on October 20th. We have procedures in place to ensure that all policies are followed. However, in this instance, this did not occur. Danielle Woods has a 14-year-old that attends Haynes Academy and says to hear this happen is a letdown to parents throughout the parish. I'm not saying that anybody should or should not get it, I'm, but it is my personal choice, and I don't feel like it's right for them to take that away from me. We've reached out to the mother of the team who sparked the concerns. Jennifer Ravain's attorney advised her not to talk with us on camera, but did send this statement reading in part. Actions at Oshner and East Jefferson High School went well beyond any legal or moral bounds at a minimum. Parents like Jessica Petalino agree. Going against a parent or behind a parent's back by using other forms that were for other purposes it's going behind the parents' back and taking away your rights. And last thing I know, we're living in a free country. Last thing she knows. Yeah, the last thing she knows is that we are living in a free country. And that's a sad thing to say uh, because we've, we've played the clips for you guys time and time again where these authoritarians believe that, you know, it is their job to raise your child. Yeah. Truly incredible, truly wild to think about. Could you imagine that? You imagine picking your kid up from school and them telling you that, sorry, Pop, uh, they gave me the jab. It's like, the hell you mean they gave you the jab? Why the heck was I not consented on this? 
That's why. Uh, let me see if I could try to find it now, because now I'm now I'm wanting to see if that United Nations article is in circulations, in circulation, where we can talk about it. Because apparently, a letter came out from the United Nations saying that, oh well, if your child is in public schools, they have to be that they have to. Your child is not yours whenever it's in public schools. That basically, when you send them there, that they they can be administered the vaccine. I think we'll cover that sometime next week whenever more of that information drops. But could you imagine that? Could you imagine sending your kid to school and then having them come back sicker? And like that mother said, they're not going to pay for any of the medical bills. God forbid something happened to that child. That school is not going to take care of it. They got to get those vaccination numbers up. They got to get those rates up. But that's what I'm saying. This is this is the insanity that's going on right now. This is this is the violation of our rights, the destruction of the social contract, and so much more. This is a travesty. I would be pissed. And that's why we need to have more, more pushback. Pull your kids out of schools. They're organizing national walkouts, uh, maskless Mondays, things like this. People need to get organized and activated because these people are moving against us. And they think it's okay. Here is another disturbing uh, trend, or at least a, another disturbing piece of information talking about how they are becoming more offensive uh, in their operations. I'll go ahead and read a little bit of this article just so I can preface it a little bit of somebody in Australia talking about how the military is being trained to force vaccinate in door to door attempts. This came from the Hal Turner show on November 1st, but it says video from Australia reports members of the armed forces are being trained to go door to door and forcibly vaccinate every person in the country at gunpoint. The military is also being trained to chase anyone trying to escape into nearby woods or other areas to grab them too at gunpoint. People in Australia are finally realizing some of their political class who are ordering such of the training and who apparently plan to engage in such actions are, quote, evil to the core and must be gotten rid of. So let's go ahead and play this quick clip, and then we'll talk more about this 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 disturbing and dystopian reality of mandatory vaccinations, of compulsory immunizations, of forced injections. You imagine that. I bet the very same thing is happening here in America. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine being chased into the woods just for them to forcibly vaccinate you? And who knows? What if you, quote, got away? How many of these military members would be more than willing 
to just let you disappear. How creepy is that? I can gar- I, I, I bet you that the very same thing is taking place here in America. That's what all the purges are about right now. That's that's what all of the purges are about right now. Mandatory vaccinations are coming. How many how many troops? It's like, yeah, 8,500 active duty Air Force troops have missed the, quote, vaccine deadline. 8,500, 8,500. And there's probably more. That's just in that's just in the Air Force. We're not talking about the Navy. We're not talking about the Army. We're not talking about the Marines. But that's what all these purges are about, is getting the people of goodwill, of good conscience, of morals, people of, with, with, with standards, with values, stuff like that. It's about getting them out of the system. They don't want your good morals. They don't want your, your values. What they want is obedient order followers. And that's what they're creating. They're creating... The stormtroopers, they're creating the masses, the blind few that will carry out all of the disturbing things that we know are right around the corner. That's what worries me. Yeah, in Australia, they're, they're, they're doing this now. How long until it comes to America? Back into some of these articles for you, for you good people. Go ahead and uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and have a quick doom break. Something that, uh, oof, just something to keep in mind right here: vaccine detoxification and shedding protocol protection by Dr. Alina Lesinich. Ooh, this is a. This is a, let's see the language on this. Go ahead and check the language. Oh, it's English. It's English. Let, let me read a little bit of this and then I'll, I'll play this clip. But basically what this is, is vaccine detoxification and shedding protection protocols. So the same way that we were teaching you guys back in the day uh, to take zinc, selenium, magnesium, iodine, uh, radical dosages of vitamin D3 and vitamin C, uh, the same way that we were trying to talk to you guys about building up your immune system. Uh, Dr. Alina Lesinich has come out and talked about ways to detoxify your, 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 your body from taking vaccines and potentially shedding the dangerous contents in them. I think this is very important, uh, especially given some of the stuff that we have covered over here on the show. People who have taken the Moderna vaccine and have that strange being the hydro vulgaris inside of them. This is stuff that people should pay attention to because there's, there's a term out there where people are saying they're calling themselves pure blooded because they haven't taken the vaccine. That's, that's not a joke. Uh, the blood supply has been tainted by people who have taken the vaccine. It's very important that we, that we, that we know that these tools are available at our disposal, but it says Dr. Alina Lesinich describes some of the dangers of taking the COVID-19 vaccine and being exposed to vaccine shedding. She then details treatment protocols for each of these conditions. And so it's a very, very lengthy video. I, we, we, there's no way we'll be able to get to it in its entirety. But what I'll do is I'll, I'll play a little bit of this. I'll leave it in the description bar below. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll, 
I'll keep the link to this particular article and video for every single episode article for the rest of this year. Gosh, can you believe it? We have like one more month and then we're done with 2021. But I'll put this link in the description bar below so you guys can have it at your disposal. Print it out, save it on your phone, give it to other people, let them know, hey, you're shedding crap. Here's how you detoxify. Here's how you clean your system. Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, uh, Bio, BioNTech, none of these places are going to tell you how to actually build your immune system up. Here's somebody that will. Uh, I think this is a good thing. So let's play a little bit of this, and then we'll pick it up on the other side. And... Oh, it's crazy. So because we were we were we were playing that through Telegram instead of StreamYard, none of that was caught on the whole 100 the whole minute and 24 seconds that we were playing. So what I'll do just to uh, just to save time is I'm going to go ahead and skip forward. But basically, she's just talking about some of the mechanisms uh, that they use with the Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca and Johnson and Johnson vaccine and things like this and more. Uh, but I would highly recommend that you guys look into it like this right here. Uh, in vaccinated individuals, detoxification of and protection from lipid nanoparticles and possibly graphene oxide also play a role. General supportive measures include a diet that neither promotes inflammation nor activates the immune system, meaning sugar, animal proteins such as meat, fish, eggs or dairy products, processed foods, GMOs, gluten, toxic fats, such as canola oil, etc., should at least be reduced and, if possible, avoided altogether. Furthermore, intermittent fasting and sauna sessions help boost autophagy. Autophagy makes a crucial contribution to the degradation of the spike protein and the elimination of cells damaged by this protein. But autoph auto uh, wow. autophagy is being disrupted, especially by MERS, SARS-CoV-1, and SARS-CoV-2, Intermittent fasting and sauna sessions can remit can remedy this. Sauna sessions enhance the body's detoxification processes and also help the body eliminate pathogens. Furthermore, the formation of heat shock protein occurs, which increases the autophagy of misfolded proteins like the spike proteins. Intermittent fasting is accessible to everyone and is extremely effective. In intermittent fasting, 
the time window in which food is taken is reduced by is is taken in is reduced to almost about six to eight hours per day. The rest of the time, one only drinks water. Intermittent fasting is known to be effective is to known to effectively counteract inflammation and autoimmune reactions. And so that's kind of the point that you get from there. Again, I'll put that in the description bar below. Vaccine detoxification and shedding protection protocols by Dr. Alina Lesenich. I definitely think it would be worth a read. A lot of people always ask the question, what do you do now that we have the vaccine inside of you? And I think that uh, that is something to pay attention to. And we've talked about this, uh, doing like a gut cleanse or an intestinal cleanse. You know, cleaning your body is a good thing. Taking care of your body is a good thing. You can't vaccinate your way out of a pandemic. You have to boost your, like, you, you, you have to boost your immune system. You have to take care of yourself. It is a lifestyle choice, right? It's like the people that smoke cigarettes their entire life and then they get lung cancer and blame like the farm, blame, blame the tobacco company. It's like, no, you made those decisions. You've got to deal with it. You've got to see it through. Uh, just another headline for you guys. Danish health minister threatens to, quote, shut down society if more people don't get vaccinated. Another quick headline as well as we move forward through the show with you good people. New York facing streets without cops because of COVID vaccine mandate. Yes. Yes. Uh, more COVID rebellion. Unvaccinated nurses open wellness center in Kamloops, British Columbia. Now, this is an article I had read on our Monday minicast before, but I'd like to get to... I, I would like to get to a more pressing article and then we will double back on the wellness center being created by unvaccinated nurses. Look at this right here. Something else that's troubling in that same thought process. Australia is confiscating bank accounts, property licenses, and businesses for non-compliance with COVID fines. This comes from the last refuge, but it was reposted over there at Zero Hedge, October 31st. And you already know what I'm going to read. People who have not bent the knee are systematically and scientifically being edged out of society. This is a very dangerous precedent because no one ever talks about how people get any of this stuff back. They're basically criminalizing dissent. They're criminalizing medical autonomy, independent thought, and more. Let's get into this article. It says, of all the extreme measures... Carried out by various states in Australia, the collections and confiscations by the state penalty and enforcement register spur might just be the icing on the cake. Goes on to say that during the lengthy COVID, COVID lockdown in the state of Queensland, Australia, Brisbane area, most workers were not permitted to work to, or earn a living. Several step or several states stepped in to provide wage subsidies so people could purchase essential products and pay their living expenses. However, during the lockdown, if you were caught violating any of the lockdown rules, you were subject to a civil citation, a fine, or a ticket for your COVID violation. Get caught too far from home, outside your permitted bubble, and you get a ticket. Get caught spending more than one more than the permitted one hour outside, you get a ticket. Get caught without a mask, even by yourself, and yep, you get a ticket. Enter a closed quarantine zone, a 
park, a venue, et cetera, and you get a ticket. Tickets were being handed out by police on the street as well as during random checkpoints on the roadways. Additionally, people returning to Queensland were put into a system of involuntary quarantine. The costs for that quarantine, mostly hotel rooms, were to be paid were to be paid by the people being involuntarily captive and not allowed home. Citizens were required to have their physical location scanned via a QR code on their phone. These checkpoints were to assist in controlling the COVID spread and were used for contact tracing throughout the past two years. However, the checkpoints and the gateway compliance scans also registered your physical location. The consequence was an increased ability for police and COVID compliance officers to catch people violating the COVID rules. The example given is if you checked into the grocery store, they knew how far from your home you are, and the police could figure it out if you violated your one hour of time outside the home at the next checkpoint. The result of this, of all this compliance monitoring, was thousands of fines, civil citations for violating COVID rules. Thousands of people given thousands of fines that would need to be paid. Now, the state is requiring all those civil citations to get paid or else, and the enforcement actions to collect these fines from the state penalty and enforcement register are quite extremes. Citizens who have outstanding tickets are finding their driver's license suspended. Bank accounts are being frozen and seized. Homes and properties are being confiscated, as well as business licenses being suspended or, or suspended for outstanding citations. Quote, Queenslanders who receive fines for breaking COVID-19 rules risk having their homes seized and their bank accounts frozen in a government crackdown to collect $5.2 million in repayments. Insane. Brisbane Times says that, quote, Spur was undertaking co-active enforcement on another 18.4 cents of fines worth about $1 million, which a spokesman said, quote, may include garnishing bank accounts or wages, registering charges over property or suspending driver's license. The remaining 25.2% of fines were either under investigation or still open to payment without further action being taken. Outside Spur's work, Queensland Home or Queensland Health took the unusual step of calling in private debt collectors to chase up to $5.2 million, amounted to 2,045 significantly overdue invoices for hotel quarantine. Incredible. That is truly incredible. People are having their bank accounts confiscated, their homes taken. All for going to go get groceries or do very mundane things. And I mean, that's that's still going on out there in Australia where they ha- they have an allotted amount of time outside. They are permitted. They are granted an hour of extracurricular activity outside. And so when you have those members of the European Parliament who are saying this is oppressive, why are they trying to push this as hard? It's because they're trying to get to this point. And the clip we just played for you guys of the Australian military being trained to force vaccinate people, that's coming up next. That's insane. So, yeah, no, you don't have to worry about society being shut down if people don't get vaccinated. They're shutting society down even for the people who are vaccinated. This is incredible. Truly incredible. So let me go ahead and play this quick article for you guys or or read this quick article for you guys. Then I'll play a couple clips 
and then we'll close out this segment. I wanted to save this for a little bit later on in the show, but I think we need a bit of a doom break. Look at this right here. More COVID rebellion. Unvaccinated nurses open wellness center in Kamloops, British Columbia. This is an article by Amanda Lena Leterio of Global News. They put this up October 29th. And this article basically talks about the solution. I cannot spam this article enough. The fact that you have people who who who, who know full well what's going on with the COVID nonsense. Let me, let me pull back from that. This is the solution. I cannot say this enough. This is the solution. Unvaccinated nurses open a wellness center in Kamloops, British Columbia. When we talked about this earlier in the week, I had mentioned how Gab has a job board for people who no longer are employed due to the vaccine mandate. We need to create a parallel economy. We need people to pull out from these institutions, from these corporations, from these businesses and build their own. That's the only way we're getting out of this. We are we are yelling at this system, fighting for scraps hoping to God that they respect us. They will not respect us. This is what we have to do. We have to build our own. We have to force them to come to us saying, no, we're not going to enforce these rules. You're welcome to abide yourself by them, or you are welcome to go find another place that that that, that participates in this. But we do not do that here. That's why I'm, I'm constantly thinking of that scene in, in, in the Black Panther, where he's just like, no, we don't do that here. That's what, that's his, It's as simple as that. Unvaccinated nurses open a wellness center in Kamloops, British Columbia. It says that unvaccinated nurses all over the province are no longer permitted to work for British Columbia health authorities. A group of Kamloops nurses who did not receive the COVID-19 vaccine is using their job as an opportunity to start up Ezra Wellness on Tranquil Road. Quote, we're not being allowed to help. We were told we weren't wanted. We weren't needed. And yet we know we are, said team lead. Uh, Glenn Alderonic, Ezra Wellness is still developing its platform, but the clinic says it hopes to ease some of the strain on the emergency rooms by assessing patients and offering guidance. It will operate as a private clinic, and as of right now, services are free and nurses are volunteering. That's what we need. We don't have to have like a definite platform, a definite business plan, but we have to have some type of response. All the all the good people who were leaving just this week alone need some place to go. It's like whenever all those all the the vaccine mandates went into effect in New York, what did Governor DeSantis of Florida do? He decided to give the people an incentive of five thousand dollars, saying, "Hey, police officers, you don't want to work in New York? We'll pay you to come over here. You don't want to work for these big Presbyterian hospitals? Come work over here as as a wellness." Yeah, it doesn't look good on your resume. I don't care about that, but you won't have to take the jab. We're fighting for scraps in a dead and dying system when we need to build our own. Let me get back into this article. It says, quote, I saw that there was going to be a need for those of us who choose not to follow the official mandates to seek their own health care. And Alderonic said, unvaccinated or vaccinated, Alderonic says everyone is welcome at El- Ezra Wellness. He says the goal was to create a safe space for unvaccinated people to receive health care. Oh, my God. In an email to CFJC News, Interior Health says its services are also available to everyone. Like that's that's the solution. This is the solution. Simply offering an alternative. We need to combat their conformity with creativity. This is the renaissance to their revolution. 
They're demanding obedience. We have to be that much more innovative. They're trying to put us in a box. We got to build our build our own escape ladder out of it. Because guess what? Other people want to use that ladder too. This is the solution, creating our own, not fighting for what little they're going to give us. Let me get back into this so I can finish. It says, quote, we are committed to supporting all patients, residents, and clients, regardless of vaccination status. The vaccine mandates are specific to healthcare works to keep all people, all the people we serve safe, the health authority said. Alderanic says the unvaccinated nurses are heartbroken. Quote, we're here because we want to be. What we have is an overpowering desire, calling to help our fellow humans, he said. Alderanic says walking away from healthcare was hard, but he stands by his decision and he's excited about his new venture. Quote, I know I'm risking catching COVID. I know that I won't have whatever protection this injection gives you, but I've gained, but I've weighed the risks for myself and I am satisfied with my decision. This is the decision. This is the solution. And I could even say a solution because we still need that. We still need people within the institution to help us create another institution. This, I, when I saw this earlier this week on the news feed, I got so excited. I, as you can tell, I got so excited because you're seeing people fight back. You're seeing them get organized. You're seeing them get so uncomfortable that they're having to create their own. That's why I'm not surprised that Patreon kicked me off. That's why I'm surprised. That's why I'm not surprised that Instagram kicked me off. We've got to create our own. And look at how much fun we're having over here on Telegram. Look at how much fun we're having over here on Odyssey, on StreamYard, on all the other things that we're doing instead of just begging. Instagram to give us our account back. Give it a crap about something like YouTube. I know that's a simple way for me to put it, but I'm trying to explain to you guys how that's the attitude. We have to build it. We have, we we can't care about the YouTubes and the Instagrams and the Fed books. Those are dead and dying. We've got to create a new system. Oh, I hope you guys get out and share that article because that, like I said, when I saw that, I felt a little bit of hope, man. I felt a little bit of hope and that that excites me in more ways than one. Uh, that's that's probably why I wanted to save it for the remainder of the transmission at the end of this segment, because I have two more articles or two more. Technically, like three, three more videos I want to play for you guys in this segment. Uh, but but you get what I'm going to talk about. I'm, I'm talking about how society is being ripped apart at the seams and how we can hold the solution. We can create the solution. We are part of the solution. That if we beg these people for more of the same crap, all they're going to do is screw us over, that we have to go the uncomfortable route. Some people have to be willing to, to start all over and start a new beginning because that new beginning could be somebody's blessing. Let me play for you guys real quick. The New York City Firefighters Union head saying that the vaccine mandate will get residents killed. We have the solution. We need to talk more about that. It's creating that that parallel economy, renaissance over revolution, creativity over conformity, innovation instead of obedience. That's what we need. We need to fight back. And I am so grateful. I hope you guys have seen a couple of examples in just this, this segment alone to see that we are pushing back, it's just it, it 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 had to get worse. They had to come after the kids. 
in order for in order for this type of response to take place. Uh, but here is the head of the New York City Firefighters Union talking about how the vaccine mandates will get residents killed. Well, it's a personal issue, too. Not everyone that's vaccinated wants to say they're As it stands right now, thousands of New York City firefighters that have put their lives on the line for New York City during the pandemic are being given a mandate to get vaccinated or lose their jobs. I'm worried. I'm worried that hundreds of my members that have told me they will not comply, I'm worried for them. I'm worried about their jobs, but I'm also worried for the New York City residents. I've told my members that if they choose to remain unvaccinated, they must still report for duty. Yep. And if they are told that they cannot work, it will be the department and the city of New York that sends them home. And it'll be the department and the city of New York that has failed to protect the citizens of the city of New York. The blame will not be on New York City firefighters. The UFA at this time will explore all avenues to protect our members who will work with the MLC and the other unions to fight this mandate and keep this a personal choice. We would also like to keep the testing option in place, which it seems that the city is now abandoning. It's working. It's an option we can all live with, but uh, putting people out of work for making a personal health choice is something we can never accept. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. You know, and I, I'm going to be playing a glim for you guys, another clip of in New York City. How over the weekend, they had to shut down 26 different fire companies. And whenever I covered it this week on the minicast with our exclusive members at that very same time frame, there was a there was there was somebody that threw a firebomb inside of a deli in New York City. In Brooklyn. And so I'm thinking to myself at this time frame, okay, so you're shutting down fire trucks. Heaven forbid somebody decide to do exactly what that gentleman did and throw like a firebomb inside of a deli. Are you going to have the support? Are you going to have the personnel to put that firebomb out? So whenever these people are saying, hey, the public safety is at risk, you got to think about this. Heaven forbid, God forbid that there's going to be some type of fire. Let's hope to God we don't have another crazy Antifa arsonist that has a bad hair day. Like there are so many things that are wrong with shutting down the fire departments, shutting down police departments, shutting down hospitals, shutting down like the the, the airlines. That it's insane. So listen to listen to listen to one resident out there in New York who get who gets what's going on. Don't take it from me. Take it from somebody who's out there that sees that this is a legitimate concern and we should not be doing this. But it's happening nationwide. That's why I say our defenses are going down. Engine is open, but the ladder is closed. And we need all our ladder companies and all our engine companies throughout the city to be available if there is an emergency. God forbid there is a major fire or a severe car accident or if a crime takes place, or even worse, God forbid there's a terrorist attack, we're gonna not have the proper staffing? That's just ridiculous. And it's so negligent on behalf of the mayor when he can easily allow these first responders and city workers to still continue to do the weekly COVID test, COVID test to prove that they are negative. And so I once again urge the mayor to get rid of this mandate, uh, reinstate the testing option at a minimum, that's what he should do. and allow these individuals to come back to work and do their job. And this is today. I believe I believe this week it may get worse yep. because that is when the real lockout is going to occur. That is when the police officers and the firefighters are going to be put 
on unpaid leave. So the mayor and the city will lock them out and not allow them to come to work, even if they report to work that day. So again, mayor, we ask you to cancel this mandate. We ask you to allow these workers to come to work. You can have the testing option if, if you wanna make sure that they are negative of COVID. But these are the first responders who are out there every single day during the height of COVID. You didn't even give them the proper PPE to do their job. I remember going to the firehouses, the police houses. Um, they did not have the proper PPE during the height of COVID because of you. And now you're going to say that they can't come to work at this time if they're not vaccinated. That's just, I think, a really big government overreach and certainly not something a mayor on his way out should be reinstated. I agree. I agree. Even passerbys are beginning to catch what's going on. It doesn't make sense. You're jeopardizing our safety. All f it's a massive overreach. None of this should be taking place. And so for my final article that I'm going to, or my final video that I'm going to be playing for this segment, is, some, is, is, is a doctor, a military doctor, talking about how she's seeing it herself. She's having a ground pilot. Things are getting bad. Did you know, speaking of this, did you know that there was a, that, that, that doctors and COVID-19 vaccine injured people testified in Washington, D.C. against the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, Fauci, and all those people? Did you know that took place this week? I bet you wouldn't hear a word about it. It did happen. This clip that I'm going to be playing for you guys is, is is of that right here. U.S. surgeon says she had to ground three out of three pilots one morning due to vaccine injuries. Three out of three pilots had to get grounded because they were vaccine injured. So even when people take the vaccine, they end up getting poisoned, debilitated and sickly. So we're not talking about vaccines. We're talking about people who were legitimately injured by these vaccines. Let me play this quick clip and then I'll close out this segment for you guys. Teresa Long, MD. Pericarditis and worked up to rule out myocarditis. The third pilot had been vaccinated and felt like he was drunk, chronically fatigued within 24 hours after vaccination. The pilot told me he didn't know what to do, so he drank a lot of coffee to try and, quote, wake himself up and continued to fly until he realized it wasn't going away. After I reported to my command my concerns that in one morning I had to ground three out of three pilots due to vaccine injuries, the next day my patient patients were canceled, my charts were pulled for review, and I was told that I would not be seeing acute patients anymore, just healthy pilots there for their flight physical. She got canned. She told the truth. Teresa Long told the truth, and she got canned. She was not allowed to continue participating in the experiment. How crazy is that? That's what this segment means. They're endangering society with all the stuff that they're doing. That's why this has to be pushed back on. That's why we have to point it out. And that's why it's getting overwhelming because the truth is coming out regardless of how much they censor, how much they manipulate information. The truth is coming out. You can't, <laughs> you, you, you cannot hide the evidence 
of all the craziness that's going on. This is why I had to ask the question, um, are we supposed to just be seeing less people? Are we just are we just supposed to be getting used to seeing less people because of the damages of this vaccine? People are either being sick, debilitated, or they're just running because of the shedding and everything else that's taking place. But speaking of running, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about globalism one-on-one, the global climate change initiative that's taking place, COP26, that went down this week and what it spells for our future. While we're dealing with one crisis, you see them setting us up for an entirely different agenda on the heels of it. As the truth comes out with COVID-19, you see them setting the stage for Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. We're going to be talking about supply chain disruption, how China has begun to urge residents to stockpile food ahead of winter, and Pope Francis demanding radical action on climate change, as well as tens of billions of dollars worth of cargo laid anchored outside of American ports as the Biden-induced supply chain worsens. Globalism 101 is on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. In a world where secret powers are in play, where nothing is as it seems, one brand of clothing gives Crusaders of Truth a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden clothes. Because if you know, you know. is how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up 
for the cult of Trump. Because they've been brainwashed. We really need camps for adults that you all run. I mean, really. All of America needs the programming. My resolve has never been stronger. Now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. So thank you again for giving me this honor. Uh, it will be a day I will not forget. In order to ensure the security and continuing stability, the Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic empire for a safe and secure society. In our efforts since 1990, we could contribute to the integration of Lithuania into the European family, but also through many activities into the global affairs. So this is how liberty dies, with thunderous applause. tell you that final one always gets me so hype it really does it's got like good vibes optimism and it's just uh x-boy who is the producer of that track he did a good job with that that track always gets me so hype um <laughs> salutations my friends and welcome to globalism 101 you know, if I was better at uh, if I was better at production and management, what I would do is I'd use this whole episode or use this whole segment and teach it as if I were teaching a class. You know, and I'd have a history of how we got here and who who 
who had uh, who began to create this notion of globalization and globalism. And I'd start with someone like Klaus Schwab and the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and, you know, uh, the, the House of Windsor, right? The royal family and how not even they created it. And I would go into the history of, of, of how they propped up the Nazis, right? I would, if I was, if I was better at this gig, I would definitely do it a lot better, but I only have so much time. Uh, in this particular segment, what I'm trying to do is just talk to you guys about how we're entering globalization. You're seeing them purposely cripple, hinder, and stifle the progress of nations so that they could exalt this idea of globalism over it. COP26 took place this week, and you know, is it Biden fell asleep. <laughs> Biden fell asleep. He apologized for Trump pulling this out of the Paris Climate Agreement. And, you know, that's that's it in a nutshell. Is that there is a global elite. Who feel like they can run their country better than you offshores. Dictating to your leaders what policies they should enact for our population. So it's, it's already happening. This is why you're seeing the purposeful schism take place within our, our, our politics. This is why our so-called elected officials don't really have our best interest at mind. They're not really listening to their constituents. They're following an agenda. That's globalism 101. The so-called elected officials you see up there, they're just vestigial puppets of this globalist, this globalization that's taking place. And I used to think, oh my gosh, you know, like that's such a conspiracy theory. There's no way that there's like a, you know, they say, oh, it's the Jews, right? No, 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 no. There's no way there's like a small group of people who are able to control. There's no such thing as the 1%. I used to think that was like the craziest thing. What? There's 13 families that control the world? What? There's a, the all the power, wherewithal, the resources of the entire world is concentrated into the hands of the few? What? I couldn't believe that. And then came Fedbook. And then came Twitter. Then came Instagram. It came YouTube. And these were just platforms, social media platforms that consolidated all of our attention, right? But these are just, again, examples of showing how easy it is to consolidate the power of the entire world into the hands of a few. And so then we're wondering, well, who's censoring everybody? Because if everybody has Fedbook, who's censoring us? Now you're starting to think, what is the deep state? Who are the who are the tech companies? Who is the Sinclair company? Right? Six uh, six corporate six media corporations are owned by one per, one entity. What? They're all reading from a script. What? Globalism 101. The Pope is the Pope's a communist. What? <laughs> and so what we're seeing in a weird way. Um, again, is the is the purposeful collapse of all the institutions that we once held sacred and dear. These authoritative institutions, colleges, government, the Vatican, the United Nations, the military, all of these authoritative institutions have been hijacked by those who have the power of concentrated in the hands of the few. 
so that it could be weaponized against the masses. This is why you're seeing our openness be used against us. They are you they are holding our sense of normalcy hostage against us for their globalist purposes. Am I doing a good job explaining globalism 101? I'll be getting into articles here shortly that explain this. Because for the past couple of episodes, you've heard me talk about how the Green Agenda, the Green New Deal, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, as Klaus Schwab puts it, right? It's really the Red Agenda, the Communist Agenda. They just they just coach it in a nice way. Because, see, if you were to outright tell the people, hey, we're going to control everything you see, hear, eat, and do, people would openly rebel. They would fight back. They would say, oh, my gosh. Look at this tyranny. We have to do something about it. But if you say, oh, it's for the betterment of the earth. Oh, well, (laughs) sign me up. Take my gas powered car. I don't need it. I'm trying to do my part for the planet. Virtue signal. See how that works? You see, they're going to control everything you see, hear, do, and more. This is the 1984 aspect of the new normal that we find ourselves in. This is what I just went over with Australia. Where they're, where, they're, where they're using that as a test ground. Oh, you stepped out? You went outside without a mask on? You're fined. And if you don't pay us that fine, we're going to come confiscate you and throw you inside of a quarantine camp. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's what these people are doing. This is the infrastructure they're creating. This is the global governance. That's just one tidbit of it. You see these supply containers showing up in people's neighborhoods just off the edge of our ports, unable for us to get access to it. Well, those aren't really your supplies. Turns out people who came here illegally actually need those supplies. So Americans, you're on the low totem pole. Those immigrants are a high priority. That's globalism. Oh, you need, oh, you were energy independent, but now you have to hit up Russia and Saudi Arabia to get oil just to keep your power plants on. That's global. That's globalization. That's globalism. And so we're seeing our institutions being purposely hollowed out and used as vestigial puppets of this globalist entity. This is the one world government. This is the one world religion. This is the new world order. And that's what these people are trying to create. And so with the time we have in this segment, what I'm going to be trying to do, and I mean, our audience, I know our audience already gets it, but I just think it would be a clever way for us to, again, kind of in an academic type setting, explain to people what globalism is uh, using our present day conundrums, using the situations that we have before us. Let me go ahead and start doing that. You know what? Uh, Before I do that, let me put a bookend on that previous segment, and then I'll move forward with this segment. I wanted to try to try to cram this in here. Uh, but for the past couple of weeks now, we have been talking about this out, this most recent COVID outbreak that took place out there in China. And we're paying attention to it because, well, two years ago, right around Event 201, this happened. And then, well, you guys know what happened from there. It's history from there. But for the past two weeks, we have been monitoring uh, this situation. Last week, we talked about how China locked down a city of 4 million a week before that, at three, uh, we, we had talked about how China was preparing for a large-scale COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, and oh, actually, two weeks before that, three, we- three weeks before, three weeks ago, 
because two weeks ago we had talked about how DHS released a gas on uh, at 120 locations in New York City simulating a biological attack. And so now with all this preparation finally unfolding, uh, China is struggling to stamp out the worst COVID outbreak since Wuhan. So they're preparing for another lockdown. They are preparing for another lockdown. And if you want to know how this ties into Globalism 101, well, you see how this virus broke out here in China and how all of your prices of everything increased. You see how they shut down transportation of goods, of services, and more. And now you can't go outside your house. And when you do, you have to pay a fine. Let me let me read this real quick. This article comes from Zero Hedge. They put this up November 3rd. It says a Chinese health official warned late last month that China's latest Delta variant-driven COVID flare-up would likely continue to spread despite authorities' best efforts to stamp it out. Turns out they were right. According to Bloomberg, a growing number of provinces are battling with COVID than at any time since the COVID first burst out of Wuhan in late 2019. The latest outbreak is being driven by the Delta variant, which was recently found to have also have a hyper-infectious subvariant, despite the CCP's increasingly aggressive measures adopted to try and stop the spread. As of Wednesday, some 600 locally transmitted cases have been confirmed in 19 of China's 31 provinces. To be sure, just like China's prior COVID numbers, these should also be taken with a grain of salt. China reported 93 new cases, 93 local new cases on Wednesday, along with 11 asymptomatic cases. Three provinces detected their first cases in this outbreak, including central Chongqing, Henan, and Jiangsu, which is situated on the eastern coast. Beijing alone reported nine infections Wednesday, bringing the capital city's total cases in this wave to 38. In response, the CPC authorities halted ticket sales for trains heading to the city at 123 train stations in 23 regions. Chinese officials insist that they are committed to maintaining their, quote, COVID zero approach, even after Australia and New Zealand have abandoned their respective, quote, COVID zero policies after sustaining massive economic damage while doing little to suppress the spread. Exactly what I said. Uh, Beijing has succeeded in the past at keeping outbreaks contained, although they've largely been aided by their complete control of the manipulation of the media. In reality, who knows how many cases of COVID have actually affected the Chinese people. But even according to the official sources, the latest outbreak has spread further while refusing to yield the containment measures that previously were successful in stopping the spread. What's worse is that COVID isn't the only problem the CCP is facing right now. China's Ministry of Commerce urged residents Tuesday to stock up on essentials like food in case the outbreak leads to another wave of lockdowns. We'll be talking about that here shortly. Unsurprisingly, that announcement sparked another wave of panic buying among households. It comes after the CCP ordered utilities to stock up on supplies, causing emergency or causing energy prices to jump as well. The city, the city of uh, Chongqing, Chongqing, Chongqing has instituted mass testing overnight Wednesday as officials aim to stomp out the virus during a golden 24 hours after detecting after detecting their first case. You guys get it from there. But China is currently dealing with another outbreak. Keep our eyes on that as it develops. We've been keeping our eyes on it as it has developed. And it seems like it will get worse. Um, Gosh, only God only knows where that goes from there. 
that globalism one-on-one, can they afford to have another lockdown? Australia can't. New Zealand can't. UK can't. We shucks. America can't. No one can afford to have another lockdown. We can't play games like that. COVID's a rich person's dream, uh, uh, a disease. Like, you know how they say Coke is a rich person's drug? COVID is a rich person's disease. We don't have, like, the ability to just, like, shut down and not work. Because <laughs> we did that and look at what happened. We'll be talking about inflation, uh, price increases, shortages. This is what happens when we play these stupid games. We win these stupid prizes like this. But again, this is what happens. Setting the stage for Agenda 21. Setting the stage for Agenda 2030. Check this out right here. Pope Francis demands radical action on climate change. An article by Nima Harris of News Punch. They put this up October 29th. Look at that. Look at that Marxist. Look at him staring at at a world on fire. It says Pope Francis has demanded the world leaders make, quote, radical changes during the upcoming COP26 Global Climate Change Summit. (laughs) In a special message recorded for BBC, the Pope called on world leaders meeting at the UN Climate Conference in Glasgow to stop, quote, the degradation of our common home. He said they must provide, quote, effective responses to the emergency to the environment emergency and offer, quote, concrete hope to future generations. Now, again, I had mentioned it earlier during my ranting and my raving, right? But this is the one world religion. You see, you need a one world government, a one world religion, and a one world military. This is what the UN world, the UN peacekeepers are. They're the one world uh, military, the peacekeepers. We've got the one world government, which is the United Nations. And then the one world religion, it won't be a Christianity, Islam, Judaism like hybrid, it'll be this our common home, Gaia, Earth, climate change. You don't believe in climate change? You see, like that's 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 the narrative. That's how they've coached it already. You don't believe in this theory. You see how they've taken this thing and turned it into a religion? You see? Let me read, let me read a little bit more. Let me let me read a little bit more um, about this over here. This is BBC reports that speaking from the Vatican for BBC Radio 4's thought of the day, the Pope talked of crises, including the COVID-19 pandemic, climate change and economic difficulties and urged the world to respond to them with a vision and radical decisions so as not to, quote, waste opportunities that the current challenges present. Quote, we can confront these crises by retreating to us into isolationism, protectionism, and exploitation, the pontiff said, quote, or we can see in them a real chance for change. He invoked the need for a, quote, renewed sense of shared responsibility for our world, adding that, quote, each of us, whoever and wherever we may be, can play our own part in changing our collective response to the unprecedented threat of climate change and the degradation of our common home. The pontiff is due to meet U.S. President Joe Biden at the Vatican later. He did meet him. Mr. Biden's domestic climate policies are yet to pass through the U.S. Congress. The message is a reminder of the emphasis Francis has placed on environmentalism throughout his pontificate. He has 
frequently invoked the climate crisis in his speeches, and in 2015 published an encyclical or a papal document called Luadato Si Focusing, Luadato Si, focusing on the issue. In the text, subtitled On Care for Our Common Home, he decried environmental destruction, stressed the need for taking mitigating measures, and gave an unambiguous acceptance that climate change was largely was largely man-made. The letter was issued before the UN 2015 Climate Conference in Paris, COP21, and was seen as having some impact on pushing leaders towards an agreement. It was evoked during discussions, including by the president of Paraguay, who spoke of the Pope's, quote, dramatic warning that we face a crisis and need to protect the world upon, which we rely for life. Six years on, world leaders are prepping to gather in Glasgow for this year's climate summit at COP26. So there you have it. The Pope cares so much. Cares so much. <laughs> he cares so much. <laughs> oh man, feels like everything. Every time I hear Pope Francis speak, I just know it's part of the agenda. Every time I hear Pope Francis speak, it's a him and Greta Thunberg. Every time I hear them speak, I already know what they're gonna say. And that's sad because some people listen to these people speak and they don't know what they're going to say. They, they think these people have legitimate words of wisdom and they don't, you know, they don't. They're reading from a script. They're actors. We know what they're here for. <laughs> and it's sad. It truly is sad. Uh, let me, Pull up for you guys real quick that clip of Greta Thunberg at COP26 talking smack uh, to all the world leaders that showed up. So while I'm not a fan of Greta Thunberg, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it, you get what it is. It's her playing her part, speaking her, speaking her role, making sure she's able to ride on the coattails. Uh, and not necessarily be a clout chaser, but to be a climate change influencer. Let's go ahead and get that clip up for you guys. Uh, and I think there are some expletives. I think she just starts end up swearing, like she ends up swearing and just cussing. So uh, if you hear that, my apologies. But here is Greta Thunberg outside of the UN Climate Summit saying no more of whatever the F they're doing inside there. Here you have it. No more exploitation of people and nature and the planet. No more exploitation. No more blah, blah, blah. No more whatever the fuck they're doing inside there. Yep. And so that is the state of the climate change agenda. That is the state of <laughs> of the climate strikes. That's the state of Greta Thunberg right now, leading people in chants of no more blah, blah, blah. No more blah, blah, blah. No more blah, blah, blah. That is the state of where these people are at. And, you know, I can't help but think of, again, because we played the clips earlier this week on the Minicast Monday we did for exclusive members. 
Kristen Cinema being accosted by like climate change, but but by Build Back Better priests. I don't even know what you'd call them. Devouts. Like, what's happening now is politics is taking like such a different turn that at a certain level you have to be like a diehard convent covenant. Like you have to, you you've got to be converted over to their type of thinking. Like, think about it. There were those were all adults. Those were all adults and some some children all following like a girl screaming, no more blah, 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 no more blah, 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 no more blah, 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 trying to denounce these leaders who were doing the very same thing that these people said they're doing. Like, I, I, I find that crazy because these people feel like they, they, they like they're fake opposition, like they don't see how they're so edgelord that they're doing the exact thing that the establishment is doing and wants. Like the Build Back Better agenda, it comes from the United Nations. It is Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and Agenda 2050. Them uh, protesters running up on Kristen Cinema saying she's not doing enough, they don't see like what they're asking for. They don't see how they're basically asking to have their their their, their cost of living go up, their their rights stepped on. Their 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 uh, their ability to travel to be restricted because that's the main thing is eliminating fossil fuels. You're not going to be able to drive. You're not going to be able to go out and go do things anymore. Like it's 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 just it boggles the mind seeing all this stuff unfold, knowing full well where it leads. Uh, let me let me move on with the show right here for you guys. Let me go ahead and move on with a little bit more information to help paint the picture right here. In 2022, quote, things aren't going to get done on an absolutely massive scale. We're talking about things breaking down. We're talking about economic collapse. This is an article by Michael Snyder of the most important news. They put this up uh, November 1st, but it's over here at Activist Post. And basically what Michael Snyder does is he shows you multiple examples to prove his point. So in this article, we're going to read about how multiple things are breaking down. In the previous segment, we just talked about how uh, firefighters, right? 26 fire companies are shutting down because, well, they just don't have the staff. Police officers are calling into work because, well, they don't want to take the shot. Guess what that's going to do? It's going to drive up crime and lawlessness. Doctors, nurses, not wanting to be experimental subjects, don't go into work. Guess what? You better not have a heart attack. You better not need a surgery because you just won't have it. People, uh, truck drivers not coming to work. Well, uh, there goes your supplies. We're already seeing some of the devastation of this vaccine. And so then when you add this climate change nonsense on top of it, guess what? Oh, well, you, you, you can't drive because of your carbon footprint. You can't get that because it emits too much greenhouse gas. Let me read this article by Michael Snyder Snyder, to help paint this picture. He says, are we about to witness one of the greatest self-inflicted economic wounds in history? Vaccine mandate deadlines are starting to arrive and large numbers of very qualified people are losing their job as a result. Of course, this comes at a very bad time because we are already in the midst of the most epic worker shortage in U.S. history. Despite the biggest hiring push that I've ever seen in my entire lifetime, Businesses all over America are still desperate for workers. 
The funny thing is that lots of available workers should theoretically be out there somewhere. The numbers of Americans that are currently working is still about 5 million less than the peak that was hit just before the pandemic arrived. So where did all those missing workers go? That is a question that we are desperately that we desperately need an answer for because millions of workers seem to have evaporated from the system. Now the vaccine mandates are going to make things far worse because millions of Americans who are actually good at their jobs are going to be ruthlessly terminated and finding replacements for them is going to be exceedingly difficult. For example, you can't just pull guys off the street and have them fly planes. Very soon, large numbers of pilots will be sent packing on a permanent basis, and Pilots for American Airlines gave us a taste of what is coming by engaging in a, quote, sick out over the weekend. This is what I was talking about earlier. I was supposed to fly out Monday, but due to the sick out, uh, my flight was canceled. American Airlines canceled another 634 flights on Sunday, more than 12% of its total operations for that day, the company said. The airline has now canceled more than 1,500 flights since Friday as it deals with weather issues and staffing shortages that started last week. Of course, American Airlines is trying to blame, quote, the weather for these canceled flights, but everybody knows what's going on. I knew what it was, and I greatly applaud the pilots for taking a stand. If these airlines don't reverse their mandates, pretty soon we will have widespread air travel headaches on a permanent basis in this nation. In New York City, Friday was the deadline for municipal workers to get vaccinated, and more than 26,000 of them refused to comply. And let's think about that, guys. 26,000 municipal workers. 26,000 people. What, what day is your garbage day if you're out there in New York City? Has your garbage been picked up? Have your streets been cleaned? Have they mowed the lawn? Right? Have they, have they changed some of the stoplights? Have they changed any of the street lights? Just municipal worker stuff. Just, just mundane things that you never think of. 26,000 of them aren't coming into work. Does it smell there yet? And that's just in New York City. That's only what's being reported this week alone. It says 26% of municipal workers in New York City were still unvaccinated following a Friday deadline that mandated workers to get the C-19 vaccine. A significant jump in vaccinations occurred among city employees due to the deadline, the city said, according to the Associated Press but more than 26,000 workers have not uploaded proof of their vaccination status and face unpaid leave as a result. Moving forward, all of the work that those 26,000 workers used to simply do, it just won't get done because the people, aren't, the people aren't there. This is why I'm saying a parallel economy is the only way. They, they, they know that the vaccine mandate will trigger the Great Reset, which will also at the same time set the stage for a sustainable development. We cannot continue to see institutional breakdown throughout society on a mass scale like this. They have a plan. Getting back into the article, it says already a, 20, a total of 26 fire companies have had to shut down completely. So will this cost lives? Of course it will. In fact, a seven-year-old boy just died in an apartment fire. Meanwhile, as I said before, uh, heaven forbid if somebody's an arsonist and has a bad day, this is a seven-year-old boy died and his grandmother was seriously injured in an apartment fire in New York City as the FDNY deals with staff shortages in response to a vaccine mandate. Firefighters responded to a 1.30 a.m. call Saturday at a building in Washington Heights where fire broke out in the building superintendent's basement apartment. First responders quickly contained and extinguished the fire. Thank God there was somebody on. Thank God there was people there. But what happens if this extends 
and the and the and the personnel are there. Pile up all around the city at a very alarming rate. Trash bags can be spotted all over the Midwood neighborhood of Brooklyn, where some residents said it had been days since their trash was last picked up. A few said they realized something was off earlier in the week as one missed pickup happens, but they started to think that there was more of a problem after the second missed time. On both residential streets and commercial areas, the trash bags on the sidewalks are piled up seven feet high in some instances. One resident who lived in the area for about 40 years said she has never seen the area as dirty as it has been the past few days. So what is the city going to look like and smell like in a few months once we get into the early portion of 2020? The sad thing is that none of this had to happen. None of it had to happen. We don't have to do any of this. But the fact that we're doing it and the fact that it's going to happen shows shows how bad it's going to be. Right? That's why I'm telling you. They're just getting used to austerity measures. They're just getting you used to every the, the, the quality of everything going down, being poor, broken, and destitute. And that's why this is a catch-22. It's a good thing that we're having people stand up and stay and stay by their morals. But on the on the on the back end of it, what we're seeing is all these good people leave these institutions, leave our society. Are the robots going to be able to replace all these people? We can only hope. Because you know that's you know that's what's on the other side of this too, right? Is letting the robots come take over. But that's what I'm saying. We are seeing such a breakdown in everything that it's going to be felt all the way into 2022, all the way into 2023. And before you know it, we're going to be halfway to 2030. And we may have an idea of what things are going to look like. But, but that's what I'm saying. They know full well what they're doing. They know they're purposely destabilizing things to make things worse, only for the government to come in and offer the solution. Total Hegelian dialectic. These, these sons of guns, they caused the problem. Then they got the gall to come through afterwards and say, oh, well, here's the solution. The solution is for you guys to listen to us more. Well, it's like, well, hold on. You caused this problem. Well, it, it would be as simple as reversing the vaccine mandate. But they can't do that. They've got to go full steam ahead. And so you see how the vaccine is part of the great disruption. And how the great disruption is a part of the Build Back Better agenda. And how the Build Back Better agenda is sustainable development. It's the scientific dictatorship. And check this out. Over the weekend, while everybody was at the COP26 climate summit, the United Kingdom's Prince Charles calls for a vast military-style campaign by the elites, not civilians, but by the elites to achieve a global fundamental economic transition. He's asking for the military-industrial complex to go ahead with the Great Reset. We need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. I'll, I'll play this clip here for you guys here shortly. But just think about what we're talking about now. 
the elites are basically coming out saying, hey, we know how to run society. Now that we have effectively brought society to its knees, we need to radically reshape it. Let me read this quick article from uh, Gabriel Keane of National File of National File that put this up November 1st. It says the United Kingdom's Prince Charles called for a quote vast military style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector using the quote trillions at its disposal far beyond global GDP to quote fundamental economic transition during a climate change conference on Monday. He says that quote my plea today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action that required, Charles declared, quote, we know this will take trillions, not billions, of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. It goes on to say that in June, President Joe Biden mused about using F-15 aircrafts and nuclear weapons on the American people. <laughs> It goes on to say that in Wednesday's speech, Biden went on to repeatedly bungle a quote by Thomas Jefferson, who wrote that, quote, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Biden said, quote, those who say the blood of liberty, the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to move against the government. Quote, while the tree of liberty is not watered by the blood of patriots, what happens is that there has never been. If you wanted to think, uh, this this all sounds like gibberish at this point. This article is going real, real screwy. Gabriel, you need to work on this. But here is Prince Charles claiming that a vast military-style campaign is required to marshal a fundamental economic transition. And then we'll pick it up on the other side. So, ladies and gentlemen, my plea today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action required. We know this will take trillions, not billions of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector with trillions at his disposal, far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition. So you have the Pope calling for radical change, radical action to affect climate change. And then you have the UK's Prince Charles on the heels of that saying we need a vast military style campaign to marshal the strength for an for a global economic transition. Is that is that radical enough for you? Could you imagine again military or the police these these social justice warriors coming in here telling you that you can't do certain things? Because that goes against the will of the planet. Like, how crazy is that? That just like that, we're willing to surrender our rights, surrender our future for for this, for this notion. Let me hurry up and get through a couple more articles here because we are quickly running out of time. It's just 
it's crazy to see it all come together. It's crazy to see them cause all these problems. It's crazy to see them act like they have a solution. It's crazy to see people gobble it up. It's 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 crazy to see actors like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. It's crazy to see actors like uh, Greta Thunberg. It's crazy to just see all of these shills. Audio listeners, you guys didn't see it, but uh, they had Boris Johnson sitting next to UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez. Why do I know these people's names? Because they are nothing but puppets, man. <laughs> they are nothing but puppets. Here's another quick article that alludes to what we were talking about at the start of this segment. Uh, China begins urging residents to stockpile food ahead of winter, prompting fears among many. Uh, I think the reason they are stockpiling food is because they are planning for another lockdown. The same thing that President Xi Jinping said at the start of this pandemic, it, it, it rings true. He told China not to worry about it, that this was going to be good for their economy. He was not wrong. But let me read a little bit about this and then we'll move forward. It says a statement from China's government urging local authorities to ensure that there was adequate food supply during the winter and encouraging people to stock up on some essentials prompted concern talk online with people linking it to the widening coronavirus outbreak, a forecast cold snap, or even rising tensions with Taiwan. Now, before I continue on here, think about this, guys. China's over here saying, hey, we're having an outbreak. We're locking this place down. Hey, we're doing this. Hey, we're doing that. Hey, we're, 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 we're having these developments take place. At least they're communicating with their, with, uh, with their citizens. Last week, I literally talked to you guys about how Jin Saki said, oh, the supply shortages, the, the, the supply line disrupted is because Americans are ordering so much. It's like at least in China, they're willing to help their citizens and say something about this. Over here, we just get chastised like we're the bad people. The Ministry of Commerce urged local authorities to stabilize prices and ensure supplies of daily necessities, including vegetables this winter and next spring, according to a statement Monday evening. Chinese households are also encouraged to stock up on a certain amount of daily necessities in preparation for the winter months or emergencies. The notice was similar to one released in September before the week of holidays at the start of October, which turned local governments to ensure food supplies and stable prices during the break. Even so, this new appeal sparked speculation that is linked to a widening coronavirus outbreak, which has prompted a new round of lockdowns and travel restrictions after it spread to over half the mainland's provinces. The topic, quote, Ministry of Commerce encourages households to stockpile daily necessities as needed, had over 17 million views on Weibo, China's Twitter-like social platform, and more than 5,000 people had commented on it as of 1.45 p.m. Tuesday, Beijing time. By 6.13 p.m., views had risen to more than 43 million, although the number of comments had fallen to 4,809. So there it is. More of a... <laughs> more of trying to controlling the information, but I, I hope you guys get the picture. They are planning for something. It's like a couple of weeks ago. What did it say right here? Got the documents right here. Yeah. Almost three weeks ago, there were leaked documents that said that China is preparing for a large scale COVID-19 outbreak. And this week they're telling you, Hey, no, you should probably stockpile food. We're for sure going to have that lockdown. Uh, the outbreak is getting worse. We can't stop it down. And so they're probably just going to lock things down, let the virus flare up, um, and then unlock things again. 
I find that very strange, uh, but just something that people should keep in mind. Something that people should keep in mind. I mean, they're telling you what 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 what's happening. I just find it crazy that you know they'll at least tell you, hey, maybe you should stockpile food here in America. They're laughing at us as we worry about like the supply chain. Are we going to have enough food for supplies or uh, uh, for a while? What are we going to do about inflation? Do we have enough supplies? They laughed at us. And speaking of laughing at us, right? Speaking of laughing at us, check this out right here. China wants the U.S. to fulfill demands in exchange for climate change operation. You know, because China's one of the major polluters, right, of the world. <laughs> they demanded that China do their part. And China said, oh, well, you're funny. I want you to fulfill your demands in exchange for me participating in the climate change hoax. China builds like a new coal power plant every day. Yet you don't see them at COP21 or COP26. You don't see Russia. You don't see China. They're not playing those games over there because they know what it's about. China wants the U.S. to fulfill demands in exchange for climate change cooperation. Let me read this quick article by Frank Fang of the Epoch Times that they put up November 3rd, and then we'll continue on from there. It says Beijing wants Washington to soften its China policies before working with the United States on climate change as the U.N. Climate Change Conference COP26 continues in Glasgow. Quote, you can't ask China to cut coal production on the one hand, while at the same time imposing sanctions on the Chinese photovoltaic enterprises, said Wang Winbin, spokesperson for China's foreign ministry during a daily briefing on November 2nd. In June, the Biden administration made several moves to confront Beijing regarding forced labor allegations in China's far western Jianjing region, where more than one million Uyghurs are being detained in internment camps. The U.S. government has characterized the communist regime's treatment of Uyghurs as genocide. The Department of Labor added polysilicone produced in China to its, quote, list of goods produced by child labor or forced labor. Then the Commerce Department added five Chinese companies, among them silicon manufacturer Hoshine Silicon Industry, to its trade blacklist. Finally, the Department of Homeland Security issued a withhold release order banning the import of silica-based materials made by Hoshine and its subsidiaries, as well as overseas products made with Hoshine materials. Photovoltaic panels, a type of solar panel, are made from polysilicone, which is produced by purifying, by purifying a metal, metallurgic-grade silica. Wen Bin isn't, isn't the first Chinese Communist Party official to say there are strings attached if Washington wants Beijing's cooperation on climate change. In September, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi told visiting Biden administration climate envoy John Kerry that, quote, China-U.S. climate cooperation cannot be separated from the wider environment of the Sino-U.S. relations. Yi told, also told Kerry that the Washington must respond to its demands that the United States should, quote, take practical actions to improve Sino-U.S. relations. China's state-run media outlets have also preached the same narrative. On November 1st, China's hawkish state-run Global Times in an editorial on the climate conference accused U.S. policy toward China of being, quote, wicked and arrogant, which it made it, which it said made it, quote, impossible for China to see any potential to have fair negotiation amid the tensions. 
So basically what they're saying is that we need to fix, we need to bend the knee more to China in order for them to cop, cooperate. They're playing politics. They know full well that they're over here, pollute that they are one of the main polluters. If you want to play this game of carbon emissions and greenhouse gas emissions, they know they're one of the main people producing that. But, oh, in order for them to, to play along, we've got to build relations. We've got to bend the knee to China more in order for them to join the global, <laughs> the global government. Insane. Truly insane. I'm not surprised. That's what I'm saying. You don't see China playing any of this carbon neutrality crap. <laughs> and I mean, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, you, you, you do this for a while and you just get such a, you, you see things in such a different way that you almost, you don't want to, I don't want to say I get jaded, but I, I, I see what's going on is the easiest way for me to respond. I just, I see what's going on and we are not in a position to fight China. We're not. Joe, oh my God. If you guys thought that the way President Xi Jinping treated Barack Obama was bad, having him bow and get off the back of a plane, like, like, like bow to President Xi Jinping and then take the rear edge, the, the rear exit of a plane. How do you think they treat Biden? They they treat Biden like he needs some warm soup and a nice blanket and another good TV show to watch. We do not have the strength to fight China. This is why they're testing us left and right. I have a clip that popped up on our Telegram feed of, of, of U.S. ships trying to seize like an Iranian tanker. And the Iranians just came back with like gunboats with gunboats, jet skis, with guns on them, and all this other stuff. And I thought to myself, wow, this is crazy. We're seeing the active demoralization of our once great nation on a worldwide scale. I'm seeing a puppet-in-chief up there at the podium addressing the nation, and all he does is just weaken us. My God, and now look at this. Here's the final article for this segment. Tens of billions of dollars worth of cargo lay anchored outside American ports as Biden-induced supply chain collapse worsens. An article by J.D. Hayes of Natural News. They put this up November 2nd. And, I mean, we, we, we covered it earlier this week on the show. In California, they're just putting full-blown shipping containers in people's neighborhoods now. Like something out of a dystopian sci-fi movie where you've got like mega cities and high-rise apartments and, 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 and floating vehicles. They're just putting containers of stuff in neighborhoods now. And whenever I talked about it earlier this week, you think about this. That's our, that's, that's our goods. Those are ours. That's stuff that people already bought that needs to get in, and it won't. It just won't get there. What happens whenever people start breaking into them? You are, I think there was an article out on Drudge Report feed today talking about it. How they're having to beef up security at the port because the containers are being broken into. And where's the insurance for that? If the first load's not going to get there, the second load for sure won't be. That's what I'm saying. This is active destabilization, purposeful destabilization, and so, so wrong. Let me, get, let me get into this article. It says, a supply chain crisis brought on in part by Joe Biden's abhorrent 
economic policies and his and his administration's incompetence is getting worse. As a shipping industry website noted this week, that tens of billions of dollars worth of cargo lay at anchor aboard dozens of ships waiting to be offloaded. Quote, there was fleeting hope that the Southern California port congestion had turned the corner. The number of container ships waiting offshore dipped to the low 60s and the high 50s from the record of 73 on September 19th. Trans-Pacific spot rates plateaued. The Biden administration unveiled aspirations for 24-7 port operations and electricity shortages curbed by Chinese factory out, factory output, the Freightways website reported. But in fact, the site notes further, the port congestion crisis that has been plaguing Southern California isn't really improving at all. The site notes that wait times for ships to offshore are growing because there are too many vessels arriving daily and there are not enough resources to get the cargo distributed in a timely manner. In fact, Freightways says that they are says that already ports have far too much cargo on their terminals, trains, trucks, and warehouses, as capacity has been stretched to the limit. Quote, the number of ships at anchor or in holding patterns is once again at record levels. According to the Marine Exchange of Southern California, 79 container ships were waiting off Los Angeles and Long Beach on Thursday, yet another all-time record, the website reported, adding that, adding, uh, Marine Exchange data shows that ships waiting offshore on Thursday, including the 79 container ships as well as six additional cargo vessels carrying containers, had aggregate capacity of 597,250 20-foot equivalent units. To put that into perspective, that is 28% more than the Port of Los Angeles imported during the entire month of September and 70% of the combined Los Angeles-Long Beach ports complex complexes sport, uh, September imports. Assuming ships are at capacity, how much cargo value is out there in the, quote, floating warehouse? What's in each box and its values varies dramatically. It can be worth a few thousand dollars or several hundred thousand dollars. But Port of Los Angeles stats provide a good guide. In 2020, the website notes the total customs value of all containered, containerized imports at the Port of Los Angeles was a whopping $211. $0.9 billion. If imports, quote, totaled, oh, wow, there's no way I can say this, 4827040 TEUs, this equates to an average of $43,899 per import TEU. Several other sources also estimated average cargo value at around $40,000 per TEU, the site added. So, using these figures, the dollar amount of cargo currently at anchor of the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach is, is, is worth a cumulative of $26.2 billion, or more than the annual GDP of Iceland and all of McDonald's revenues. Wow. The Signal platform shows that the wait times for dropping anchor to berthing at the L.A. port rose to an all-time high of 13 days last week, which is up an astounding 65% since the beginning of October. I'm going to go ahead and, and and move a little bit down here. But uh, it says that ho this holiday shipping season is effectively over, meaning the hundreds of remaining vessels inbound with cargo have little chance of getting the product to consumers before Christmas celebrations begin. One of the analysts noticed, quote, separately, food retailers are reporting that the rapid inflation and non-food product impact to shipping risks upending traditional Thanksgiving and Christmas meal preparations. The analyst added, this is Biden's baby and the Republicans let him have it. 
Representative Sam Graves, a Republican from Montana, the ranking member of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, said the administration and Democrats were instead, quote, exacerbating or ignoring the underlying supply chain issues. Quote, on infrastructure specifically, the president and the majority of are using the issue to advance their socialist agendas instead of concentrating on addressing congestion and freight and, and freight bottlenecks, Graves noted last week. Quote, the first step now needs to be recognizing that the core purpose of the nation's infrastructure network is to move people and goods safely and efficiently. Americans are paying a heavy price for these failures, including skyrocketing inflation and the growing scarcity of goods on the shelves that will get worse, worse with Christmas fast approaching, he said. So there you have it. Tens of billions of dollars worth of cargo lay anchored outside American ports as the Biden-induced supply chain collapse worsens. <clears throat> and it's all done by design. It's all done by design. They are purposely breaking apart the world that we once knew and just making things worse on purpose. He is an embarrassment. This is the Brandon administration. He's doing this is the most popular president in U.S. history. This is what happens with the empire of lies. This is globalism 101. And now we're trying to figure out how do we get ourselves out of this? Because we're only a year into this jabroni's administration and look at how much damage he has done. Apparently $26.1 billion worth of damage or the entire GDP of Iceland or all of McDonald's revenue. That's how much damage he's done in a single year. And the vaccine mandates are causing things to purposely get worse. God only knows where we will be in a year's time from this because, well, two years ago we were dealing with COVID-19. We, we, we had our entire world upended two years ago and nobody bats an eye. We're st- you still got people walking around in masks over something that happened two years ago. And now that you've got COVID, you got China saying that, hey, another COVID outbreak is about to happen. Nobody's hearing anything. So our entire world has been turned upside down. We're listening to lies half the time, propaganda on the television, 99% of the time, 24-7. People don't know which way is up. Psychosis is a mass psychosis has been inflicted upon the, the population. Mental health is skyrocketing. Opioid consumption is out of the, uh, through the roof. Suicides are are, are 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 alarming. Children are losing their minds left and right, and all they can think to do is approve gender neutral toy aisles. Gender neutral toy aisles, while at the same time authorizing experimental gene therapies for children at at ages five to eleven. This is globalism. This is what happens whenever you have an unelected elite sitting offshore dictating to you and yours how you guys should live live your life. That's why all of this is so dangerous. And it's got to get worse before it gets better. We're seeing pushback. I mean, if you guys were to join our inclusive member program, you would hear me talk about how Me, my family and friends and people around me are thinking about starting a transportation company to, main, to, to make sure that the supply lines stay intact. 
Like there, uh, I'm having to make some hardcore decisions, as I'm sure you all are, uh, simply because of our new reality that they are forcing us to live in. And that's why it has to be pushed back against at every single front. The world these people are trying to bring in, it sounds good on paper, and that's about it. It only sounds good because in practicality, I can't see anybody that's coming out on top. I really can't. This is what happens when they try to make everything equally suck. (laughs) And that's what it feels like. It feels like unilaterally, we are all seeing the world suck. And this is not good. We have to envision a bigger and better, a bigger, better and brighter future. One bigger and better than our captors have decided for us. However, ladies and gentlemen, That's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know a very lengthy and erratic and wild transmission, but I'm trying to do the best I can to have it make sense. I know it's all over the place, but have you looked outside the window with this guy, Brandon, (laughs) with this guy, Brandon leading the nation? He's doing so well that people don't even want to call him Biden anymore. They just want to call him Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. The propaganda was so strong uh, and that and this is this I'll say this and I'll close out. This is the beauty of people. The, the the phrase let's go Brandon was coined because people knew they were being lied to. It happened at a NASCAR event. They were shouting, F Joe Biden. F Joe Biden. And the fake news media machine went into overtime right then and there. And natural human response said, you know what? Let's take this as a term of endearment. Let's use their weapon against us, against them. And just like that, it's the Brandon administration. Even in the darkest times, there is light. We just have to find it and make sure we keep up the fight. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And if you guys want to support this operation, go to coffee.com forward slash noise era. Grab yourself a subscription tier, come up with your own uh, dollar amount on how much you guys want to support on a monthly basis and, and, and support this operation. Get yourself storable goods made here in America, shipping to Americans. I'll put the links for you guys to support this operation in the description bar below. I don't want to take up too much time telling you guys to keep us on the air, but without you guys' support, we can't do it. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, and the exclusive members. Out.